0: hey what's going on everybody it's episode number 82 of the audible farm podcast this episode is brought to you by delicious delicious couch town coffee hey i'm back on that couch town coffee train i took a little break and uh uh what a mistake what a mistake that was this easily some of the best coffee that exists out there at all uh it's 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 roasted right here in Iowa. You can get it at www.couchtowncoffee.com. and uh, you can even save yourself twenty percent. Uh, enter the code word "indy." The code word this week is "indy." When you make an order, just mention that the Audible Farm Podcast sent you, and uh, enter the little code word "indy" when you make your order, and you know that'll let them know uh, you listen to the listen to this episode. So uh, thanks everybody for listening, and huge shout out to Couchtown Coffee, man feels good to be drinking couch town again. Woo. All right. So this week I'm sitting down with indie wrestling promoter, Troy Peterson. He's been promoting wrestling in Iowa for well, almost 20 years now, which is, which is wild to think. There's been a couple of promoters in Iowa that's been, that have been going strong for quite a few years, you know, and this is a, this is a great episode. I've sat down and I've spent many years, um, you know, going to shows between, uh, Troy's promotion at IPW, and I I recently talked to Todd Countryman. um, So, check that episode out as well. But this, I mean, I spent so much time going to promotion from these two promotions. Like, I spent a lot of time at them. Uh, Troy ran a promotion that was out of Algona, Iowa, which is just a few miles. You know, it's only a 20, 30 minute car ride for me uh, from my hometown. So, I would go up there all the time and watch shows up there. And, you know, it's wild to have pro wrestling that close to my hometown running you know, almost weekly events at some points in time, they would do matinee shows, which, you know, the fun part about that, me being a wrestling fan, some of these guys would, would go through training to, you know, figure out exactly how they wanted to go about wrestling. And then, uh, they would try some of their skills out at these matinee shows that would be running on like a Saturday afternoons and things like that. And it would give them an opportunity to wrestle in front of a small crowd and actually get to see, you know, what it felt like as opposed to jumping in, you know, feet first into a huge show, you know, down in Des Moines for their very first show, which I'm sure would be very nerve wracking. So, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, Troy's built up this nice little um, place where the people can go watch wrestling, uh, be trained as a wrestler, and not only that, but it's it's uh, it's all-encompassing. It's uh, it's everything from the training sessions all the way to uh, places to wrestle your first shows and all the way through wrestling, bigger shows like in Des Moines. And it's pretty cool. You know, we talk about the wrestling community. We talk some crazy sh- stories that he's seen over the last 20 years. I mean, we talk all sorts of things. He even, uh, we, you know, at the end of this podcast, pretty long one, but in the end of the podcast, we even start talking about, you know, uh, some of the opinions we have about different things in wrestling, and it's you know, wrestling's always been a very opinionated thing, and it's it's kind of fun to realize that you know, as we've all grown up and gotten older over the years, we've all you know realized that there's a certain air of maturity and business and all sorts of things that need to be taken care of while you're you know involved in wrestling, whether you're a fan or a promoter or a wrestler yourself. And uh, you know, we give all the proper due respect to all the people. We talk about a lot of wrestlers in this upcoming podcast. And um, you know that I wish we could have mentioned more. There's always some you didn't mention, and uh, you know, I, even after we got done, I was like, oh, we never mentioned this guy's name, you know, or that guy's name, you know. But uh, it's it's just is what it is. You know, you can only you can only name so many people, and I've seen so many people wrestle, and I'm sure their names have come up in other podcasts that I've done with uh, pro wrestling personalities. But you know, hats off to Troy for doing almost 20 years of wrestling. I'm I'm psyched to uh, you know. I, see that anniversary show that he's probably going to end up putting on. That's going to be pretty big. So, uh, check it out. There's more info on that, more info on the hall of fame show and all sorts of stuff. Troy does for the pro wrestling community, uh, in and around the Iowa area. So check it out. This episode's going to be great. If you don't know anything about pro wrestling, this is a, this is a fun one to, you know, let, let you know exactly what kind of goes on in the pro wrestling scene. So check it out, everybody. I hope you enjoy it. I had such good time sitting down talking with Troy and, uh, yeah. This is episode number 82 with uh, Troy Peterson from Impact Pro Wrestling. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. All right, okay, sitting down today with Troy Peterson. Troy. I've uh, I've been going to shows of yours now for hmm, like we're getting close to ten years. It's been of I've been seeing Charge. IPW shows, which is pretty wild, you know. Like uh, that's t- awesome. Time's been flying by, and I bet you know that just means that you've been running shows for at least ten years. And if I, I did a tiny bit of research, have you been running shows for almost twenty years? Twenty years, you know may.
1: I think May thirteenth of twenty twenty one, we're doing our twentieth anniversary show in Des Moines. So I'm getting oh. old.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. What made you uh yeah, what made you, you, want, you to... want to get into wrestling? Like especially like promoting wrestling? It seems I mean, obviously when you grow up watching wrestling and with Hulk Hogan or whoever it is, it's like I wanna do that, but what made you start wanting to promote wrestling?
1: Gosh, you know, ever since I was a kid and I have like well, you know, a lot of kids doodled and stuff in high school. I mean I never did. I would put together these tournaments. I'd put together these, you know, tournaments of the 16-man double elimination of people never to win a world title, title, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I would fill notebooks up, just putting these together and booking the matches and just deciding in my head who would win. Bruiser Brody won a lot. Ah, nice.
0: Spoiler alert. But,
1: <laughs> you know, do all kinds of things, you know. Canadian wrestlers, tag teams. So I just always had a fascination with putting together the shows. So I even before I was smartened up at all. You know, even when I was in junior high, I still thought, man, it'd be fun to be the matchmaker. You know, Wally Carbo was the matchmaker for AWA wrestling wrestling out of Minnesota, and you know, I always wanted to be Wally Carbo. I never really wanted to be Hulk Hogan or Andre, Andre the Giant, and and that's kind of carried through. You know, when I Started wrestling. I, one of the things I really wanted to get against, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but one of the things I really wanted to go away from is the promoter, booker, heavyweight champion, tag team champion, smartest, you know, funniest, oh. coolest heel, you know, yep, yep, because it quickly, it quickly morphs into that, you know, because oh, yeah, you can't really book yourself objectively you know i mean you're it's like and so early on that's something i you know i really wanted to stick with hey i just want to put together matches i want to promote the shows i want to try to get people there and and make it about that but but yeah back up a little bit i was up in minnesota and a lot of great wrestling going on up there in the late 90s Uh, jerry lynn and oh yeah we had. You know, steel domain wrestling was going on. You had all these
0: that's still going on, too, isn't it?
1: It's still going on. Yeah, in that form, it was. You know, you had Punk and Cabana and Ace Steel and Danny Dominion. I mean, yeah, it it was was pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, it was wild back then. Yep.
1: Yeah, West St. Paul Armory. I mean, it was nuts. And so Ed Hillier was the promoter, and yeah, he still is. And uh, you know, so you know, Horse the Psychopath and Oh, Mitch yeah paradise and t s aggressor who I would later get to know a little better mm-hmm. and I uh, just always you know I just loved it. I loved indie wrestling, especially I loved the interaction with the crowd mm-hmm. um I, I you know i loved I just loved every aspect of it, and so I moved to Oskaloosa, Iowa. a buddy of mine had bought a furniture store and was gonna cut me in on this, so I came down and ran it, so I moved to Oscaloosa blind and never been to the town. First day I got there was the day I moved there. And so I run running this furniture store I don't know anything about. And <laughs> I'm bored out of my mind. I'm just and I have a little money, you know, I have more a little more money than I've I had up in my life at that point. And I was like, hey, what does it take to run a wrestling show? And my friend from when I was six years old, Mike Ingebrigtsen, he was staying with me at the time, like, what does it take, you know, rent a building, get some wrestlers, you know, and so we did that, not unlike people still do that today, you just put these components together, and you think, hey, I'm, a, I'm running a wrestling show, and my first show, I think, was February 9th of 2001, and I worked on it for months and months, and it got it was foggy in askaloosa but it was icy everywhere else and so i had to cancel the show
0: oh no (laughs) my first
1: show ever i had to cancel it was
0: what was that uh, like that had to be something like so devastating did were you like oh no this is an omen i can i should never do this this is like how did how did that go uh, down
1: I mean, right now it gives me goosebumps. It makes my stomach kind of hurt. I mean, no shit. Now, that's it's 20 years ago. I still, I'm seeing that. I don't tell that story all the time. I feel God, like what a
2: kick Man, in the that's shorts. A tough one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was brutal. So it was kind of funny because it was well, nothing was funny. I, I, I lie if I say it's funny at all. But no, one of the things is like so we've done this. We have all these things in place. You know, we have the ring and and all the rest are like. Travis TS Aggressor and Kenny Backwash and Mr. Destiny were coming down they jackknifed the trailer in Algona I mean it was just yeah it's just glare ice so nobody could come down we had uh and, and so I just was like we already rented out this bar we bought a keg we had this huge after party planned that had all this food catered in I mean <laughs> so, oh my close.
0: god yeah you went the you went the <laughs> full monty <laughs>
1: I did. I had my friends from like Chicago. I had all my college friends were there and it was just this crazy thing. So then I was like fast Eddie who would later become Matt Convoy. Um, he was running. Uh, I'd seen some shows of his down in Bussy, Iowa, um, HCWA, super hardcore ultra violent stuff.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And so I was just like, Hey, he's a wrestler he lives close by. So I contacted him and just said, Hey, would you just want to come and hang out with us? Like the super markiest thing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if I have to cancel a show, might as well. Uh... so we had one wrestler that wasn't previously booked to be on our original show, but he showed up and partied with us. Nice. <laughs> and we hung out. Oh man. Yeah. That should have been an omen to, to not do it. But, but they would get it and, you know, did the show in May. Um,
0: did you we had end up good
1: crowd? But did end
0: up running <laughs> in the same town. Did,
1: did, we did ran the same town, same venue. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, the National Guard Armory in Oskaloosa, Iowa, and you know, and, and we lost money. I, I you know lost money, but I remember like the armory. The armories are kind of they're kind of a pain in the neck to run because they have all these like cleaning protocols. And I remember everybody had long laughed, and I was. You know, now broke and had to write checks out to a few wrestlers and paid everybody every penny they asked for. But yeah, a couple of them did get checks. And uh, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, doing that, I was cleaning up the floor. I put down this like had to put down this red like stuff to clean up the floor. All this powder all over it. I just remember like man, I did it, you know, like, yeah, this is it, this is all I've ever wanted to do my whole life, and I did it, and so, I I don't know that too many people get to experience like their actual dream, like, hey, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a, you know, I want to be an actress, I want to be, you know, whatever, and and the only dream I ever had was to run a wrestling show, so, you know, in that moment, it was pretty great, you know, and, and you can explain it to somebody that outside of this world may be like man that sounds like a freaking miserable evening
0: yeah 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 well yeah i mean you spent all you spent all this money and then you ended up losing money and it got canceled once so you had to do double the work to reschedule and i mean nothing seemed to go your way but at the end of it all you're sweeping up a mess and you're just like man this was the greatest night ever
1: yeah i know now i get pissed off if i have to you know, put away chairs, like, oh, guys, <laughs> put away chairs you know, uh, become the old grumpy fat dude in the corner barking at people, you know, Oh you know, God. I, I, I try not to do that, but yeah, I just, I just always, I just loved it. You know, I just, uh and I think every, I don't think that makes me in any way unique. You know, I mean, that's, I think you don't get into this at our level. I don't think too many people get into it casually, you know, like, Oh yeah, I've had the fortune, you know. Yeah, I've been fortunate to spend a lot of time with like hacksaw Jim Duggan, and he and yeah. he he did get into it as kind of a backup. It wasn't his love or passion, but he realized, hey, you know, his football career wasn't. You know, he got injured and couldn't do that. He can make money at wrestling. Learned to love it. Fell in love with it. Loved being in front of the crowd, and it was great for him. Yeah he wasn't passionate at an early age about pro wrestling, you know? And so, but I think at our level, at the, at the non-career level wrestler, not too many people are doing it because the only reason to do it is if you love it.
0: Yeah. I think you You hit the nail on the head. Like generally speaking, like a a musician, let's look at musician. Like anybody can go by like, $200 worth of of equipment and be like, I play guitar. It's like a really low commitment, low dollar spent entry level thing to really like play an instrument or something like that. But like to wrestle, it's like you got to spend the money to train and then you got to actually show up to training and do it and then go to a show. That's if you want to become a pro wrestler. But like if you want to promote a show, you got to have a ring. You got to have a place to do it. You got to make it look somewhat professional. I mean, you got to like know who to call to be on the show you gotta like research all that i mean yeah it's not a casual endeavor anybody can just get into there's not like youtube channels explaining how to do it you know
1: (laughs) right yeah yeah so it's very yeah it's very purposeful thought out thing you know right so i i think that's what makes it makes it neat is now when you talk to students i talked to a lot of potential students and and every one of them I mean, almost, I, I don't think I could come up with an exception, honestly. And you talk to hundreds of people, you know, over the past 20 years, both Travis and I. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of starts out, I love this more than you'll ever know. I'm, I'm just so, you know, and it's like, well, that's great because you're going to be surrounded for the first time in your life with other people that just love this more than they, you can ever imagine. You know? Yeah. So, You know, I think that's so cool. Like, you see, we have a class of six students right now that are like, it's like they all come from different backgrounds. There's, you know, different ages, genders. But yet, it's like, hey, they don't, at work, at school, they're not surrounded by people who love pro wrestling. They're not surrounded by people that, you know, like it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And now,
1: you know, they get to come and hang out under this roof and, where everybody knows you know what kenny omega did last wednesday and everybody knows you know yeah. hey yeah, I'll the tell top you. five guys in new japan you know
0: yeah one of the one of the first things i realized when i went to pro wrestling shows was like dude i love pro wrestling to the point where i'm um in a loving way kind of a weirdo in my town because i like pro wrestling that much <laughs> right yeah But I go to a pro wrestling show. you become known for that. You go to a pro wrestling show, and it's just like, oh, I'm not a weirdo at all. There's people that like wrestling way more than me. And then, even like you (laughs) said, the people in the ring are the ones that like it the most, probably, because they're in there doing it. Right.
1: Yeah, they had to. Yeah, because they did everything you did. They bought tickets to indie shows. They drove distances to go watch shows. And then they took it a step further and, you know, decided they wanted to get in there, right? You know, I talk to T.S. Aggressor quite often. I mean, every day. You know, I mean, on average, probably eight to 10 times a week. And so for the past 10 to 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. And he has said on multiple occasions hey, if somebody, because I've always felt like if somebody likes pro wrestling more than I do, they really couldn't be normal. Because I feel like I'm just at the threshold, you know, of, of where the normal line is. <laughs>
2: you know, I feel like
1: everyone kind of feels that on some level. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, if you like it this much, I guess it's okay. But if you like it any more than that, you know,
0: yeah, I, and I, um, no, I totally get what you're saying. It's uh, there's that like weird fine line of like you, sh- you probably shouldn't like it too much i guess but like at the same rate like some people really get into the storylines and that's that's probably some of the funnest aspect of it though like either for you as a promoter or the wrestler as a as a performer and and a wrestler themselves to like walk down the ring and have somebody like screaming in their face about something they did the month prior that they were there in town you know
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the joy for me. I mean, that's that's the payoff. So, like, it's putting together episodic shows. I mean, doing one-off shows and doing these things, they're fine. And you still do, like, little storylines in an evening of entertainment. You know, you kind of start off with the, you know, the main bad guy, you know, establishing himself, and then at the end of the night, they get vanquished. You know, it's kind of the... the a, a basic arc for every movie in existence and every wrestling show that we would do in a one-off situation. But
0: the brilliance like doing of the Des Moines
1: that, shows you know,
0: that, that, that I hate to say I hate to stop you there for a second, but that's what sucked me in. Um, honestly the first show I went to that wasn't like a show I traveled to is when IPW that's, that's your company impact pro wrestling. When they came to yes. to Humboldt at the County fair and I went to the fairground because oh, sure. I, I got tickets to go to it. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll take a couple of my friends. And honestly, I was just like, this is just going to be some schmucks out there just farting around. And I'm fairly certain it was AJ Smooth that came out first. He was the bad guy. Did he not have like a bullseye on his trunks? At one yep. point, yeah, AJ smooth? Yeah, yeah, and he came out and ranted and raved about how the town smelled like fish, and our sheriff was scared to arrest him, and all this other <laughs> nonsense. And the sheriff came out and and blasted him in the main event, you know, and, and ended up screwing him Josh over.
1: Kincaid, right? No, no, yeah, the sheriff. I'm trying to try think of who the sheriff was. Yeah, Kr- That's right.
0: Kruger, Yeah. Ah, yeah,
1: yeah, Kr- Kirk
0: Kruger, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dean Dean Kruger was the sheriff. But yes, it was that that show hooked me, man. It hooked me. The craziest part about that show also was I think Harley Race was there if I'm not mistaken. He was, yeah. Which is another wild thing. Yeah. I didn't think in a million years I'd get that close to Harley Race, you know. <laughs> you know, it's just Yeah. Just stuff like that. It opened my eyes. I mean, like you said, it's it's a standard storyline that fits most movies. Most episodic TV shows of any sort generally have the same kind of concept. And you guys built a storyline and pulled it off well enough that hooked me into, I mean, you're well aware of this too. Like, I got just as deep in it as everyone. And I was, you know, I'm driving to Minnesota and Kansas City and Chicago and Milwaukee and <laughs> everywhere, you know, for shows. Yep. It's, uh, it, I got just as deep into it. I've probably got, like, I've got you and, 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 uh, probably Todd from 3X to thank for that, but, like, your, the first show I saw was probably the coolest thing ever, and, uh, it was, it was, uh, well, it was well put, because it wasn't like I jumped halfway into a storyline with some people that I had no clue what was going on. You know, AJ instantly came out and was just like, this, you know, I, I don't, I don't like this town, you know? It's, it's just something for somebody to come out it's well put together yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think I, I i think i learned I, i've always watched even today i've always watched wrestling as a fan and i'm always that's all i'm worried about is how the fan is seeing it so when i would go to shows i thought it was so self-important of these promotions that ran last month in Rochester minnesota and it's an indie group and now they're running in minneapolis and they're like bringing you into this. Who, who, How do you know? I don't have a, I don't have a program. I don't know who's the good guy. How do? It's only going on in your head then, you know, as, as a That's promoter. True. You know, so it doesn't make any sense. And that, so even like us, we don't really, when we do Des Moines and Algona, when we were doing both monthly, we didn't really tie over much. I mean, we went as far as, you know, this is my, Get some eyes rolling, but I mean, we've had people turn heel twice. You know, I mean, we've had you know because Algona's kind of you know wasn't it didn't get out into the world real quickly. You yeah, know, yeah, the, the
0: two markets were so, completely yeah. yeah. The two markets are different, and the exposure that Des Moines had was was higher. So, like, if something happened in Algona, people might not know about it if they don't travel with the company. Yeah. And
1: I, dude, yeah, so, and I'm not doing the shows for ten internet people or twenty internet people. I'm I'm doing the show for the live crowd. So nobody in that live crowd, there's no carryover, you know. Yeah, um Maybe yeah. Chad Huddleston. Chad Huddleston might have I should have talked to him. He's probably seen a couple like, eh, that guy turned heel twice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he might be the only one.
2: <laughs>
0: I, but, I, that's the other cool thing is like you have the like even as a promoter, you have uh been very interactive with the fan base you know who are the people that show up to every show you figure it out really quick um i mean uh let's put it this way like i think like the like the third or fourth ipw show i ever went to um i i went up there alone because i lived in northern iowa you know and i didn't have very many friends up here so i went up there alone most often than not and i went up there alone once and i want to say uh it might have been a aj smooth or ryan slade one of those two guys was like hey we're all going to go over to the bar after if you want to like sneak over there. And I was like, cool, I'll go over to the bar. And I go over there, and I don't see anybody s- sitting there or anything. And, and you were at a table by yourself, and you're like, what's up? Come on over. And then we literally just talked wrestling and how I was like at the show and stuff. Didn't even know you were the promoter at the time. And then come to find out that like you're the promoter. I'm like, oh, no way. That's super cool. You know, like to find out you're like a real guy and not, and not just some dude in the back wearing a suit that's got like a newspaper and a, and a fistful of cash, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, shoot. You know, one of my first conversations with you, I remember you telling me that you had Rob Schamberger commission a painting of, a, of like your parents' house or something. Yep. I don't even know why I remember that. Yeah.
0: yeah, I, that's I a, remember that. Dude, yeah, I yeah. became really good friends with him before he was licensed uh, as an artist by WWE, and he was still taking commissions, like, back in the day, and I commissioned a painting of the house. It's really cool, actually. Like, I'm glad I, you know, that's another thing. Wrestling has got me in, to interact with so many people who are also fans that just somehow find a way, way to tie their fandom into into pro wrestling, you know?
1: Right, well, and I kind of, the Rob thing, because I kind of, that was kind of how I got exposed to Rob a little bit, and then when Rob, I remember, like, coming down to the Hall of Fame, I think it was Rob's first year, and you were there, and kind of, and, and just Rob, you know, kind of, just, hey, we're going to try and do this, you know, and then the next year, you know, Jim Ross is like, hey, come down to Kansas City next week, I'll introduce you to some folks, and then, the so next week, Rob's working for the WWE, basically, you know, you know yeah, in the capacity still today. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it was like within a year, they had figured out who he was and how good he was, and we're like, hey, check this out, you know, and that's, that's so yeah. wild. You know, that's another thing, like, the community is, is very good to each other. I mean, even just the fact that, like, uh, some of the people that are higher-ups end up realizing what's going on at the shows on a local level. They're, they have ties and ways to figure out what's going on, you know. It's not like they're. Right. It's not like they're not watching, especially at the Hall of Fame show that you throw. Which I don't know. Let's why not? Why not get into that a little bit? You throw. You throw a show every year. It's called the Hall of Fame show. It's at the National Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, in uh, Waterloo, Iowa. But that's not where the show is at. But that's that's who puts it on. It's at the uh, Five Sullivan Brothers Convention Center usually, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's dude, that yeah. show is insane. There's so many people that it doesn't matter when you were a pro wrestling fan, you will know some of the famous people there. That's literally how yeah. how wide the birth of famous people is.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's the goal, you know? I mean, I, I honestly, you know, in this year like hey, with all the uncertainty we're we're in right now, and you know, I I hope everything, you know, there's no no plans to derail from this. But I mean, mm-hmm. We just have a great lineup of, you know, we got Mark Henry and you have. Oh, cool. Kevin Nash. Nice. You know, you have all these folks that that hit all these different age groups, you know, Ken Shamrock, Ken Anderson, you know. Oh, cool. You know, it's just a really, it's a really great lineup. You know, it's just something I'm, I'm really excited to to be a part of. She got NL Casey, you know, I mean all these guys that, and they're in Waterloo and that's, and that's something every year, you know, I am so thankful for guys like you and, and people that do like the shotgun wrestling, just people that are there just trying to get the word out for no, no idea of, of, Hey, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. I mean, man, I, I can't, I mean, really not just to blow smoke. It, it means a lot that you're out there, Doing what you can to get the word out—not just about pro wrestling with this podcast, but uh, but all sorts of local artists and and weirdos like Kyle Peterson, who's a great friend of mine. I, I yeah. talked to him today. Told Iowa him Pizza to King, dude, cat. love yeah, it. Yeah, Iowa Pizza King. Oh god, he's, a, he's in the bread business, so he's a little busy right now these days. Yeah, yeah, so, I bet.
0: I bet. God, I bet. He's Jesus. He's,
1: uh, he's got his hands full, so I didn't talk to him very long. But but oh, god. yeah, it just. <laughs> you know there's just so much um now i got derailed on my thought i i interrupted myself
0: yeah it's all it's but, all gravy no it's like it's crazy because you get to like run into all these people and then not only that but like the fans themselves like we were talking about how some of them take on a personality of their own and and even like uh you know you get to run into i mean like i know that you and kyle have had like a decent amount of tie because even in the podcast with Kyle, he would talk about how he would help you, like, picking up wrestlers from the airport and bringing them to the show and things like that, you know? yeah, I mean, even that's, like, some of the coolest thing ever, you know? Like, I recall... A couple of times that when you were hanging out with hacksaw jim duggan and i didn't you know i didn't even know he was in town and you were like hey do you know hacksaw's down in des moines it's like no and i was like i'm driving down to des moines then just to go say hi to hacksaw you know and (laughs) and, and bless hacksaw solely he's either faking it or he remembers but it's like he remembered me from time to time you know and it's like crazy to think about that kind of stuff
1: yeah and you know what that guy i think he does remember i do you know him and ben von rashke are two guys that are like Hey, I'm always assuming that people don't know who I am. I don't care if I've talked to you 30 times because I'm so terrible at names. I'm so terrible at remembering people like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too, man. I can remember
1: faces, but, yeah, I'm not great at names. So I'm always assuming nobody remembers my name. But those two guys, Baron and and Duggan, are pretty great. You know, remember my wife's name. Barron remembers my parents' name. It's just crazy. But,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know the funny part about that is I remember uh, it would have been Midnight Guthrie, Captain Midnight was uh, went to pick him up once from the airport, and it was like I think it was the first time those two ever like interacted on like a personal level, face to face. But he was just like, oh, this little guy came and picked me up. He's the nicest guy, you know. And you you never you never hear him just like <laughs> talking about other people like just being nice. And you're like I couldn't believe how down to earth Hacksaw was when I actually met him. That was crazy. But I mean, like yeah, even as, even as far as just like going to the uh, Hall of Fame shows, I remember one time talking to uh, would have been Larry Hennig at one of the shows. Sure. And I didn't even know that it was him either. And I was just talking to him a whole pile about, like, oh, this is a you know great day for a wrestling show. and a tra- Did you travel here? And he's like, yeah, I traveled here. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, what were the roads like? You know, just hem hawing with someone else that was at the show about, I can't, I can't wait to see this match. It's going to be great. I can't believe these guys are here. And he's just like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. You know, and someone's like, what are you talking to Larry Hennig about? And I'm like, I don't, I didn't know that was Larry Hennig. You know, I just had like a 10 minute conversation with him.
2: That
1: is awesome. Yeah, I mean that's, and that Hall of Fame weekend. I mean, it's July 23rd to the 25th, and just to go in quick advertising mode, I mean, do it. It's really hard to explain for people that haven't been there. It's just, it's not like a Comic Con, or and you can speak to this too, obviously. But it's not, it's not like hey, Stan Hansen's going to be here from one to three, and you line up and you get his autograph. Now that is going to happen one time on Saturday from one to three. Yeah. People will be sitting there and you can get an autograph, but all weekend long. Yeah. I mean, like the list of people this year, you know, you got Jerry Briscoe. Yeah. Trish Stratus, JJ Dillon, Thunderbolt Patterson, Bob Root, Mark Henry, Ken Shamrock, Kevin Nash, Tommy Rich, you know, Cole Cabana, Ken Anderson, Tony Greer, freaking Wes Briscoe, you know, Tony Atlas. I mean,
0: and, uh, uh
1: it's a great lineup that's know.
0: that's a stacked lineup
1: it's just humbling to be a part of it but also those guys those 20 guys are gonna be in a two block radius for three days you know
2: yeah <laughs> so yeah
1: you can't really you know like I've eaten breakfast and Jim Ross is sitting there by himself and you know and he points to a chair which is you know that's that means come eat breakfast with me you know? yeah <laughs> so it's yes. pretty awesome you know I get to and I'm, Hey, I'm, there is, I mean, my fandom is pretty freaking high all the time, but in those situations, I mean, yeah, I love it. I, it's never lost on me. It's never lost on me that I can call Jerry Briscoe and ask him a question. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's great. I, the fan in me is, is forever thankful for, uh, being in a position I'm in, you know, and, and in regards to the hall of fame and, i I, I really like people to take that in it's in your backyard too if you're in iowa you know
0: yeah that's something
1: to me that's so important about it you know
0: yeah i mean like i i remember seeing like a giant flyer for it and it was like the year before i i went to my first one i think and it was uh i believe like maybe terry funk was at it and uh Okay, that would have been 2000.
1: We'll call up James Jeffries. He'll know the date you saw the poster, he'll know the year, and then he'll know the birth date of everybody on the poster. <laughs> James Jeffries is a wrestling date savant. Just to, just to uh, I'll
0: have throw to, that out there. I have, yeah, have to pick his brain.
1: I think it would have been 2010. So.
0: Yeah, because I want to say that would have been about 11 or 12 fun. would have been the first one I went to. Let's see here. Okay. Uh, was uh the next one would have been Bret Hart and Rowdy Piper might have been there. Does that sound familiar? What,
1: yeah, that would have been the year before Before that. that would have been okay. like two thousand.
0: Oh, okay, so yeah. So the year, it would have been the year after the first one The you would have been one.
1: there was Duggan. Was yes. Duggan there?
0: Yeah, yep.
1: And Austin Aries Austin Aries yeah. won the Battle Royal or yeah.
0: I believe so Royal. I believe so. Yeah. He was just heading
1: down to TNA he was moving from minneapolis and i said hey you want to swing by and he goes yeah he just came by just did the show and kept driving down to florida
0: that's crazy (laughs) cool
1: (laughs) he was only there for like three hours he's just like yeah i'll swing by i'm like "Sweet, thank you You that's
0: freaking wild you know and that's honestly i I wonder how much of that actually does it take of you just to like Put a you know put a line out there and ask some of these guys to come because I've seen a lot of a lot of people travel to come wrestle at shows at IPW. You mean not just at the Hall of Fame show either?
1: Yeah, some of that is it, my. Some of that is I could probably do a little more of that, but part of it for me is the absolute worst thing about being a booker slash promoter is. Telling men and women, no, the show is full. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate telling people, hey, we don't have room for you this show. We only have 14 spots. It doesn't mean you're not one of the top 14 people. It just means the way we have it set up, you don't fit in it real well. And I hate having that conversation with people. So, even, and so oftentimes, or more often than we, utilize we, we do have offers of guys coming through or whatever and sometimes i'll be like gosh i'd love to tell you yes but that's just one more person i have to tell no <laughs> you know and, yeah and uh you know and part of that too is hey i don't want to you know there's a lot that goes into it you, you don't want to have a show length i think the des moines is a much you know it's a pretty smart crowd um wrestling smart crowd and, hey, if you go to two and a half hours, two hours and forty minutes, they're fine with that. And but you start going into that ten o'clock hour and you're expecting people just casual wrestling fans. I know I'm gonna be there still because mm-hmm. I love this. you know, you're gonna be there. And yep. and you love it. oh yeah, but our but our bread is buttered, and the wrestler's envelopes are filled with the money coming from casual fans that are just like, yeah, they got a full bar, pretty good cookies at 4k.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll go down there, watch some wrestling. Yeah. We don't, it's not a, it's not a church. You don't have to, you know, this at church either. Mm -hmm. You don't have to profess your love for all things pro wrestling to come in and enjoy a show.
0: Oh yeah. Definitely. So
1: I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to punish that person by having a, Sixteen match show, and so therefore, you're kind of required to limit it to X amount of matches, and therefore, you know you have X amount of spots, and so yeah, that, yeah, that's always. I'd like to take advantage of that stuff more, but sometimes I don't, just because you know I've I don't want to like tell somebody else, hey. You know,
0: yeah. yes, uh, dude, all this makes sense because it kind of ties back into what you were talking about earlier, where like if the casual fan is usually the one kind of filling the seats, like imagine a summertime run, you guys go to do county fairs and things like that. You want to make a show that is generally enjoyable to somebody on a single occasion because this might be their first and maybe only time they get to see a pro wrestling show in their life. So you want to make it enjoyable start to finish. And you want to do it all while they're still there because, like you said, if you're at like a, a wherever and somebody's – it's their first time they've ever had an opportunity in their town to see pro wrestling, you don't want to be like, all right, so I got to do some backstory. So like three weeks ago, this guy, his girlfriend said this and then this other guy's girlfriend didn't like it, so there's going to be a women's match, you know. And, you know, you don't have time to do nonsense like that. Like this guy, he's mean to all the fans, so when he comes out, boom, you know, like don't you don't have time to do that nonsense. So you want to, like, yeah. make it all as concise and compact but as efficient as possible. And like you said, if you start stacking 14, 15 matches on there, it kind of starts soaking up time and, you know.
1: Yeah, and people's people have an attention span. You know, I have an 11-year-old. I don't care what the hell it is. It could be the, his favorite thing in the world. At about two and a half hours, he's done with it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like, I mean he's.
0: I like cookies, yeah. but if I if he gave me all the cookies I ever wanted to eat, I'd probably eat about twenty of them and be like, I'm never eating cookies again. You know, like <laughs> it, it, it totally makes sense. Uh, I,
1: yeah, and you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like, well, and we do like these what's happening. Um, I remember, and it's just kind of a little, and we do those for Des Moines. We also do them for fair shows too. The fair shows are like, you know, heavyweight champion, the big picture. He is a bad guy.
0: Yes. You know, yes.
1: tonight he's taking on James. So, because some of the part, part of that is too for the wrestlers, because I want people to remember these wrestlers. And if you see their name in a lineup sheet, you can look at, okay, it's big picture. I can yell at him. I can interact with him. Yeah. Hey, if I look down at my phone while the ring announcer over a PA system at a grandstand at a county fair, and I don't catch the guy's name, and now I can't yell at him, now I can't yeah. You know, now I'm taken out of the action a little bit. I can't. I don't know what his name is. I yeah. just missed for five seconds. So. Dude, that you know,
0: so we, yeah that makes a ton of sense too because as simple as it sounds those those little printed flyers that you give out to everyone that walks into your shows those help out so much because I mean even as I um, have become more of a casual fan and not a like super dedicated fan recently I get to at least learn the names of some of the new guys I haven't seen because I've seen your you know your big pictures your Justin Decent your AJ Smooth sure your uh, James Jeffries I mean I've, I've I've seen all of the people that have been there the whole time, you know, and ugly. And I mean, you even said T S aggressor. I've seen him wrestle before and there's tons of other names that uh, I've wrestled for you. and still wrestle for you that, that I remember, but there's still some new guys. There's new guys out there. I want to know their names too, and know who they are and why they're, you know, why they don't like, or they do like somebody. And even on, and even on Facebook, I've, uh, I've seen that you've done a pretty good job of like, when there's an event, you're like, Hey, this event this is like basically what's going on so if somebody stumbles upon your facebook thing they can be like oh i know who this guy is i read it in the description that you know you know aj smooth is trying to avenge his loss from last week to so and so or whatever you know
1: yeah and even though you don't expect so that's kind of like a bridge there between gosh i feel like we should charge admission for other people that want to you know we're giving away all the all my knowledge, you know, as I don't have much knowledge, I can tell you everything I know in about a half hour. So I'm probably <laughs> well on my way
2: <laughs> so. uh, telling you
1: everything I know about wrestling. But um, yeah, those sheets, they provide like a little bit of a bridge between because that's we said this earlier, but that's the joy for me is doing the episodic story stuff. You know,
2: mm-hmm. trying
1: to get people to buy in on, hey, we want to see Malice kill Dalton Cooper. Yeah, you know, we want to see that happen, you know, and and to get actually into it, to actually kind of, you know, to create a real feeling like that, and it's difficult to do, mm-hmm. and we don't do it very often, you know, we try every time, but it's, it is hard to do, but that's what makes it fun, and and sometimes you put too much effort into that, you do you alienate that casual fan if you're just doing all these intricate. Story arcs that people aren't, you know, hanging on your every word, so they miss something, you know.
0: Yeah, um, and and kudos to the kudos to the wrestlers. Kind of help. Oh yeah, the,
1: tell a little bit more of the story if you want to kind of pay attention. And again, we're not going to tell. We don't have commentators. We don't have freaking TV. We don't have five different, you know, TV camera angles and backstage promos to tell these stories. So
0: exactly, the
1: stories you're able to tell are pretty limited, but yeah but like
0: if you, you, if you do it right, yeah, like you said earlier though like yeah. if uh if you have somebody come out and and get on a microphone let let the crowd know why they shouldn't like you, you know, and it uh the one of the last shows I went to uh the big picture, who's always been good at getting the crowd to not like him uh was was able to establish instantaneously why you shouldn't like him and it's it's like all right i'm going with this this guy i hope he loses you know and you, you figure it out like right away like this guy i don't want him to win so kudos to even like the wrestlers for having the ability with like a very limited time span with a microphone to get you to not like him or even like walking out into a crowd and just within like the first couple minutes of a match you can figure out or even before the match starts you can figure out who you're not supposed to cheer for you know it's
1: yeah, like I, I, I lost the audio there
0: oh yeah I was, I was talking about how even sometimes before the match starts you can figure out who who the good and bad guy is
1: yeah I, I think uh, you know that that is something like with the big picture we, we just were joking about this the other day like because because the a lot of times wrestlers that are heels. They kind of gravitate towards trying to be like a cool heel, you know? Mm-hmm. And T.S. said the other day, him and James and I were talking, and he goes, Yeah, you know what a cool heel is? It's a baby face.
0: <laughs> and that's kind
1: of, that's it. You know what I mean? I like that. So Big yeah. picture's not a cool heel. He's a heel you don't like. Yeah. You know, he's a guy you don't like.
0: So, that makes sense too. The other Co- trick. Cause like, yeah. I mean, like I remember like you can yell something at him and he won't just be like, you know, brush it off his shoulder and stuff. He kind of freaks out about it. He's like, you know, like he's almost, uh, uh, like you can be like, you know, dude, you smell bad. And he'd just be like, what, what would you say to me? You know, and he's like, freaks out about everything. He's, yeah. it's, it's not like, he's just like, dude, shut up. You know, like it makes sense. It makes total yeah. sense. Especially like the cool heel being a, a baby face. Like that's how like stone cold Steve Austin got his thing. Right. You know, he was just like a a heel that was eventually so cool. Everyone was like, this guy's awesome.
1: Yeah, we need real heels. You know, we need heels that the crowds are going to boo, you know. And so that's kind of the trick. And that's kind of the trick to find people that want to be that. Because a lot of times wrestlers kind of, they want to be a heel, but they still kind of want people to like them. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Big picture doesn't mm-hmm. want people to like the big picture.
0: Yeah, that's pretty. The pretty character opinion. of the
1: big picture doesn't like anybody there. You know, and that's that's kind of you know. That was oh, yeah. one of the more fun things I did creatively, wrestling wise, with the heel face stuff was having ugly a face everywhere, but Des Moines, and then keeping that as kind of a storyline where it's just like, hey you guys don't get it. People like me everywhere. It's you, idiots here in Des Moines.
2: Oh, the most popular wrestler in this promotion.
1: that's awesome. You know? and he goes, yeah, it was a lot of fun, you know? And he goes, you know, and he would like hand out these sheets and you know, like to people and call them more. He's like, Des Moines doesn't get it. You know, I'm that's brilliant. I'm, I'm popular. It was fun. It was, you know, it was a lot of ugly and, you know, we kind of, we kind of talked that over and yeah, I mean, he was, uh, he did great you know and the crowd yeah it was a fun angle you know and so you can have him wrestle as a face in in other places now he didn't you know we kept him insulated from the people he was feuding with and that kind of stuff but i mean you could have him you know wrestle people he was neutral to in other areas as a face or a heel depending on where was at It 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 was fun but
0: yeah, I've seen him. As, um, I've seen him as both know, a face. Just, I've seen him as both a face and a heel. I mean, he's been doing it a, a long time, so he, he knows what he's doing. But he, he's he was very good at both. Uh, you know, like just the whole fact that his name was ugly, it translated to a heel name pretty well too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I liked him as both. I, I, I you know, for a long long time, I liked him as he was just and decent. You know, and they're kind of. You know they did a lot of comedic stuff yeah and i, and I like that i mean justin's one of the you know best if not the best comedic wrestler that we've ever had you know and yeah and um he can certainly he's not one-dimensional but in that role he's you know he was managed by a freaking blow-up doll for a long
0: time you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's hilarious
1: <laughs> he used to do this stick. And he would come to a town. He had Susie the blow-up doll, who was had clothes on. You know, we're not, we're you know, we're family friendly, so we have to have all of our blow-up dolls fully clothed.
0: Yes, makes but, it makes yeah. sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very important. And so he had Susie. And so then, if we went back to the town, like the manager, you know, you know, be like, you know what, this guy we're wrestling's a moron. Like he. His manager, his girlfriend's a blow-up doll,
2: you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: and if Justin would come out. Justin would come out and be like, "Hey, Susie is not my girlfriend. As of this morning, she is my fiance." You know, and, like... <laughs> and, and if we, you know, the, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah. So Justin was great ugly in that role was was really good too. I mean. But then, when he got into being, after that, when those two split up, I kind of saw ugly. Maybe if I thought back to that time frame, I kind of thought as Justin being kind of the the Shawn Michaels and ugly as the Marty Jannetty, maybe you know, yeah. just because Justin was more in your face
2: mm-hmm.
1: while they're wrestling, Justin was more vocal and, and and carried a you know a larger presence. But you know, as it turned out, they were. Very, very equal, you know, and ugly, very much shined on his own.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In addition
1: to the tag team guy, you know.
0: Yeah. He was great. You were uh, touching a little bit on having, like, some comedic wrestling. That's probably one of the things I like about uh, going to your shows quite a bit is it's not – uh, one style only you get like a you get one match that's kind of a you get a little bit of like i don't know called grab-assery or whatever but people are kind of dinking around sure. and having fun uh maybe the ref gets involved in a funny spot where he gets rolled over in a match or something and just something goofy kind of usually happens in one in one of the matches another one is like a very serious match that you like actually are so emotionally involved in that you just want to like yell at some of the people that you know and actually get you to be like you know i, I hate you big picture and you just like want to scream in his face you know Stuff like that, you know, you get, you have a very good mix of matches. I mean, even just to the point where like, it sounds as dumb as it sounds, uh, Thrill Cat was always one of my favorite things. Every now and then I'd see Thrill Cat come out and I'm like, oh dude, this is going to be funny because Thrill Cat always does something insane, you know?
1: Right. I, I think that is, the variety side of it is, it, it's, it's key. Again, you're kind of, there's not, there's not enough people that like just one style of wrestling in a, in a town, Des Moines or Algona, to just give that style. You know, you just,
2: mm-hmm. we don't
1: have the population density. You know, like even like a Chicara, you know, we just did comedic wrestling in, I don't know, they in Philadelphia or wherever the heck they were. Yep. Um, you know, they did not draw very well as a live attendance show you know
0: no as a matter of fact being
1: that one dimensional you know they're great
0: yeah yeah i've got some of the old uh early Chikara dvds still and like their shows are like just people sitting around and standing in like a place that's barely bigger than the ring you know it's it's like you said it's even in philadelphia <laughs> right. when it first started it wasn't as big of a draw it just wasn't
1: yeah it's just it was hard because you know and because you're just presenting that one style and so you know, it's, it's somewhat born out of necessity. I mean, I, my personal... I mean, Bruiser Brody is, is probably my all-time favorite, Stan Hansen. You know, guys, I liked hard-hitting. I was a mark for big guys. Yep. Yeah, I liked physicality. You know, I liked I liked hey, guys made contact and guys, you know, beat the crap out of each other. And, and that was always something that I liked. But and I did that for quite a while to promote shows in that in that vein. We had guys that, we had freaking six, eight guys on a show for years that were all over six, two, six, three, you know what I mean? Oh, geez. And, you know, two, you know, guys were just humongous guys and guys that could bench 400 pounds like Johnny Fitness and T.S. Aggressor and Mr. Destiny and, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mitch Paradise and AWOL and. You know all, all these like, and, and then you, as you know, time goes on. It's just now wrestling is hey the pace to be a contemporary wrestler you can't be, you can't have twelve guys that are six foot two, three hundred pounds, and put together a show that a you know contemporary wrestling fan is going to be able to enjoy. So true. It's you know not always. I guess what I'm saying is it's not always what I like. It's what I think, you know, our fans will like. And, and I mean, big pictures, definitely, you know, maybe I'm a little biased because he's the most Brody like guy we have. And he is our everyweight champion, and He has been for a while. <laughs> 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 so maybe so, on some subconscious some level, I'm, I'm favoring him for that, but no, but I do. I, I like Jake Durden. You know, he was,
0: oh another yeah guy. yeah well that makes sense yeah jake you know? durden yeah god that's another one i remember I mean, seeing one of his first matches and just being like oh dang <laughs>
1: yeah and he can go you know
0: i think yeah. big
1: picture can go too I mean, but jake durden yeah he's got a little more mobility on him yet even and i think for his size me yeah that guy can wrestle and it's great
0: i think and- Yeah, I mean, like a lot of this comes back to what we were talking about earlier, like with with like the cookies. Like, you can't just have cookies all the time; you won't like it. So, if you have all big guys hitting each other hard, then a big guy hitting another big guy doesn't measure up. If that's what you saw the last match, and the previous match, and the one before that, and I mean, I'm sure there's some of that that goes into it too.
1: Yeah, right. You gotta, you know, we do these run sheets, um, where you're kind of asking people. You know, to kind of play. You know, to be. Hey, this is the, what this is kind of how we want this match to. We want it um, hard hitting, or we want it fast paced, or we want it. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we're not going to dictate dictate a lot, but we're going to. We want the emotion to be a certain way at a certain time. You know, we want the crowd because the crowd has endurance too. And this is something with the Hall of Fame shows. I'm just battling. The entire time because it's fun. Because there's five, six hundred people there and they're going eight shit and they're appreciative and they're, you know, freaking incredible fans and they come from all over the country and they are awesome. But they have endurance, they have stamina at a level just like the wrestlers do. So if those first few matches are sucking the wind out of everybody because they don't want to leave the ring because it's so damn much fun to be in front of that crowd, that makes it harder on the matches to follow them. (laughs) At some point, that crowd's energy is going to be gone. It doesn't matter how great you are. It just matters, hey, they have X amount of fuel in their tank too. So you try to kind of give them, you know, Ricochet, Sammy Callahan, and then, you know, Malice versus, you know, the death dealer in a chain match you know i mean those two matches you can follow each other with because one is at at a level 10 of pacing and the other one is at a level 10 of brutality so it's a different type of yeah a different type of energy you're getting you know
0: yeah it totally makes sense Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that that you got to think about when it comes to like uh, putting putting on not just a show, but even as like you've been in wrestling long enough, like 20 years promoting shows. I'm sure over over time, what people that go to indie shows uh, expect to see has probably changed. Generally speaking, like you were talking for a while, you you booked a lot of bigger guys. Like, is was there ever like any overall changes in IPW from like its infancy until now as to like. Uh, I usually book, uh, you know, guys from all across the state. Now I like to book guys that are, you know, are local to here. And is there any sort of like things or trends you've you've seen yourself change over time?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, certainly. You know, I think at first, like, part of it was, hey, when we were running in smaller towns in the early two thousands, I always thought that the fans' preconceived notion of what was going to come to Delta, Iowa, a town of four hundred. Was Peter Stockdale and Troy Peterson wearing underwear out there wrestling around? You know, <laughs>
2: that's,
1: what would, that's what they expected to come to their town. Yeah. What a sight! They weren't expecting freaking
0: <laughs> book like, it. I don't even want to. Next month there. at the you vault. Know. You heard it here first. No. I'm just <laughs>
1: You know, and they don't want to. Hear, you know, they don't. They don't think Perry Saturn's coming to town. We surprised Delta, Iowa, with Perry Saturn. We didn't even announce him. We just had him show up and interfere. Oh my God, like,
0: that's insane! I just,
1: you know, and Delta, like I said, population four hundred on a if everybody has a friend come, you know, I mean, it's probably closer to two hundred than four hundred. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so when you're doing those types of shows, all we were trying to do with a poster was put guys on there that looked like they didn't live around Delta. Guys like Johnny Fitness, guys like Mr. Destiny, you know.
0: Yeah, you're yeah. putting
1: these, Latin Thunder with the mask, and, you know,
0: mm-hmm. you're putting
1: these guys on the poster that are these big, you know, that make you believable, that make you credible, that give everybody on the show credibility because the expectation at that time was you had to be huge to be in this. And so as time went on now, that's barely a thought, you know. It's a. It, it, you still want guys to to look the part. Mm-hmm. You still want guys to be tan and in shape and, and bring something to the table, looks wise, and so you can put them on a poster. But now it's much more geared towards the athletic ability. You know, it's oh yeah much gear more geared towards the the pacing and the and the and being able to do a lot of lot of quote-unquote stuff you know and that's that's more what the expectations of the fans are they don't want to sit they don't want to see a guy fight out of a freaking chin lock for five minutes yeah they're gone you yeah.
0: know i mean it makes they sense
1: out the door
0: you know well, i mean and that just so, comes back to talk that, about styles yeah. though like the different styles that people like i mean i wouldn't mind seeing some of that like uh we're talking like william regal like working on like a tiny. You know, he's gonna work on your your wrist, your left wrist for like the whole match. You know, like that kind of stuff entertains me because I've, you know, I've seen so much wrestling. But like like you said, to a casual fan, they might want to see some faster paced stuff, drop kicks, and and people bouncing off ropes. Maybe some like a high spot off the top rope or something. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. and, and and when you think
1: about like bringing guys in, or you know, where we're booking from, like one of the changes was like. You know Nathan Edwards and Clay Cooper from a few years ago, Mm -hmm. and they just you know Clay on his you know first day of training could do a running shooting star press. You know nobody's training, nobody's teaching him to do that. He's just running, and he can do it. That's crazy. And so, so when you had that kind of. And then he had the Regal, you know, then we brought the Regal twins in and and you kind of, suddenly it was like, man, this is fricking, as long as they don't die, this is going to be really fun to watch, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. and so now you got guys like, you know, know, Tyler Golden Boy and, you know, know, that's, that's kind of this next generation. These last three or four years, these guys are a lot more. They will. They do a lot more crazy things that everybody else is like. Ugh, you know. Yeah. What are you doing? you like, <laughs> you know. But hey, they can do it, and they have the ability to pull that off safely, and and uh, certainly not without risk. But yes. you know, they can do that at a very high level, and so that's changed the scope of a lot of our shows. You know, and those like guys, guys like the hooligans
0: oh yeah you
1: know bring those freaking
0: lunatics in yeah
1: you, you know i mean they're great
0: i remember they they came to one of your shows and they had let, wrestled in like mexico the week prior or something like those guys went all over and wrestled everybody for any any reason at all they were they would fight anybody
1: yeah and and in the back too hey we don't no drinking in the back no drugs no you know we, we want to do that afterwards just
0: yeah you know if, if you want to do any of that
1: around, do, because you you have to drink, yeah yeah
0: do what you want Wrestle on your own on your own time, but while time. you're here, be professional, you know,
1: yeah, and even the hooligans who are I mean I love those guys i I'm, I'm sad to see that they're not wrestling now and mm-hmm. but um you know they said, hey, very you know, they go like, hey, we just appreciate how professional this is, how well ran it is, we in and out of here, I mean, you know mean, it meant a lot to me because they've been to, they go and work for everybody. Yeah, you know, they're not just working for three other dudes, and so, and I really take a lot of pride in that because that's something where, when I started out, I just booked the best wrestlers from everywhere, and 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 that doesn't always make an all-star team doesn't always make the best team. You know, it's just not. And so eventually it was kind of, Hey, I want, I want, I want to win. I want to be, I want to do good shows, but I, I want to do it with good people. I want to do it with people that, you know, are going to take it serious and not go out there. I mean, I did so many shows early on where guys are drinking fricking pictures of the beer and back and <laughs> I just, Oh God, God, you know, just get it out of here. And hey, you've been around us. I mean, we party. I'm 46, and I don't party like I like I used to. And I should have never partied like I used to.
2: But
1: you <laughs> would get damn ridiculous, you know, especially at the Hall of Fame shows. I mean, it would just be yeah r- ridiculous the amount of consumption that would happen. But it just happens after the show. It's real easy. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, yeah. So,
1: you know, early on, we you know we, we weeded that out, and now it's the locker room leads the locker room. You know, it's guys like now I don't want to leave anybody out. But it's guys like James and Maddie and AJ and Justin and you know Al, Death Dealer and Ryan and you know, guys that have been around a long time. They go, hey, you know, for guys coming in, go hey, go hey, don't do that. You yeah. Know? And then they're like, No? They're like, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't do that. You know? Yeah. Troy's not gonna like that. Travis's not gonna like that. Chad's not gonna like that, you know. Yeah. And so and, and that's and that's good. And so yeah, I don't wanna be a fundator. I just hey, we're only there two and a half hours. You can't go two and a half hours without you know Yeah keeping your head in games and you know, yeah.
0: I mean, a lot of it comes down to like not just professionalism and all that other all that other stuff, but like let me let me just put it this way: like I've been to enough wrestling promotions, and I've and I've seen some of them that weren't ran as well. Um, even just as a fan sitting there watching them, you know, you like you go to the shows where you know that they didn't put a whole lot of thought into how everyone's going to go about doing everything, or this guy's going to be a bad guy and that guy's not, and I don't know. A lot of a lot of pro wrestling shows are run out of bars, so you don't really know like. I don't know, I'm not putting anybody on the spot, but some of the shows I've been to, because I've been to shows where companies only ran, you know, twenty shows, and that was it ever. You know, and, I mean, some sure. of those shows. There's reasons why they don't last because they lack a little, like this weird form of professionalism that is involved, where everyone is everyone is there to fight each other, quote unquote, but everyone is there to do it together. You know?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you realize. I don't think you realize that's what you want. Like, as it come to a fan, you, you just want this chaos and you want this. Crazy atmosphere, Mm -hmm. but you realize, like, hey, you want it to be thought out, you Mm -hmm. know? Just like, you know, just like you go to Stomp or you go to shows like that that are they're chaotic because the Cirque du Soleil shows they're chaotic, just crazy shit going on all the time. Everywhere you look, people are jumping out of the sky and landing in water and going (laughs) on Yeah, yeah. But it's all thought out. It's all planned, and so. I, I think that's kind of wrestling fans i' not I'm not saying I'm not saying planned in the sense of hey we're you know we're exposing the business and this is all you know not that part of it, but just hey, starting on time, yeah, you yeah, been planning a show for freaking six months and you can't start on time What yeah. is the Sam hell yeah
0: what? and don't what have you don't have like starting? the yeah, the don't have the flyer say one thing and then the Facebook page say another. And then when you get a hold of like the promoter or somebody, they say a different time, and then you show up and it yeah. still starts at later than all of those times. Like I've been to shows where that's happened, you know, where it's like it it says doors yeah. doors at six thirty, show at seven. So you show up at six thirty and and nobody's there to open the doors, and there's nobody in line, and then they're like show doesn't start till seven thirty, and then you're like all right, and you look on Facebook and it says well it says seven I think, but and it doesn't start. You know, like I've like I said I've been yeah. to hundreds and hundreds of shows by. 20 30 40 different companies at least you know uh around the midwest like i said some some of them don't last didn't last long some of them were kind of set up for a short run initially but still like it's it's crazy to go to the shows and just think that like you said it's not a casual endeavor that somebody can just go out there and just do a one-off wrestling show it's almost impossible to do you still there
1: Oh I I think I
0: uh, Might have lost me.
1: <laughs> I, I th- yeah you said casual endeavor, sorry, might have to edit that. I heard you say casual it's not just the casual endeavor and then we got yeah. cut
0: off. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was talking about. Like it's It's because of, like, some of these shows, they they don't plan out for the future. They don't think too much about it. Or the way they're going to go about it is a little bit different than than thinking about it in a deeper sense. Like, I never thought about the fact that uh, the crowd has endurance just like the wrestlers have some sort of endurance. And it makes total sense because, I mean, if you go to, a like, a concert... And you're standing there for four hours waiting for your favorite band to come on. It's just like, man, my back's starting to hurt. I'm tired of standing here. And then by the time your band comes out, you're like, <laughs> just play the last song and get it over with. I'm ready to drive home. You know, like, that tra- <laughs> know. That Why'd translates.
1: Yeah. I love going to Iowa State football games. You know, and when, and when we're on defense and it's third down and, and we're getting up there. And we're freaking, you know, we're losing our minds. We're screaming and you're losing your voice. And the game's close. I mean, and, and that happens and it's, you know, comes down to the wire and you win. I'm not exhausted. I'm like, I'm <laughs> exhausted. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, can't, I mean, I just walk out of there. I feel like I played a game of football, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. And, you know, and that's what we want the crowd to feel. We want the crowd to have to these bursts of emotion and to give everything to it. But we have to understand that that has, you know, we don't want to suck all that out. And then in the main event, they leave and it's like, hmm. Oh, yeah. It was good to get it. It kind of got flat, you
0: know. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense, though, too, because the main event's the match you wanted everybody to see. It's the one that all of the matches lead up to that anyways. Like, if there was any promotion to it, that it leads up to that for a reason. And that's something that you want to try your best to, like, avoid having everybody leave before that happens. But, like right. Yeah. I mean at, at the same time, you want to start off kind of hot though, too, somewhat, because you don't want to start off slow and have everybody think it's gonna drag the whole time. So it's a weird balance that you always gotta throw in there.
1: It, it is I, when when we were doing shows, it like, was kind of in that transitional period where I, I wanted to we do like fair shows, and I wanted to, you know, that crowd, I wanted to have credibility. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, hey, send guys that look like they're on TV. So, you know, send Johnny Fitness and Mr. Destiny out there, and yeah, and and cut a promo, and then start with, you know, Miss per- uh, Sparrow versus James Jeffries. You know, give them this high-flying, exciting, fast-paced match right off the bat. And but so you kind of gave them, hey, these guys are going to be on the show. They're kind of WWE look. And then you give them a match where it's like, oh, wow. These guys don't look like Mr. Destiny and Johnny Fitness, but they're a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And then you kind of, you know, that was always something I like to, a way I like to structure shows. is kind of put that, what you think is going to be your second best match. Or maybe even your best match from a work rates perspective first. You know, I mean. Yeah. Last last show in Des Moines we did Clay Cooper versus Tyler Jones to open. Nice. You know, I wanted them to be impossible to follow. Yeah, and they were. They were impossible to follow. It's probably very well, you know, could have been, you know, the best match on the show, in a lot of people's opinion. So and that was, you know, it's by design. you wanted to and Des Moines is a lot more fun because Des Moines you don't have to they've seen a lot of wrestling, so you don't have to you can really mix it up. You don't have to have kind of the same you know, yeah. There's, I mean, you don't have to have the heels. You know, you don't have to have matches go down in the same way, obviously, because they're familiar and they, you know they know what's going on. So that's a lot more fun to book shows for. Like I said, the episodic crowds, but
0: yeah, I I bet like just going down into that Des Moines scene. I spent a lot of time down there. There's some dedicated fans that go week after week. You know different promotions it doesn't matter they'll go to everything and it's it's cool to see that you know in the crowd and have those people and and like I said you get to see them every single week it's kind of fun to just be like oh hey what's going on you give them a little hey you know and and the wrestlers themselves even even recognize these people and and somehow work them into this where they like they're like I've seen this guy here for a few weeks you know or like the last four months I'm just gonna yell (laughs) yell in his face because he he gets it you know it's not gonna be like you're terrifying somebody that's coming for the first time
1: (laughs) right uh it, it is it's great we, you know we talk a lot about you know the community and the family of of wrestling and impactful wrestling we think about like hey there's 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 children that are born because of impactful wrestling you know there's marriages that have happened there's you know, there's yeah. all these all these things my wife i would have never admit my wife she knew a couple she knew chance cordova and uh brian ash and brent fillmore and gauge octane from like karaoke and so oh wow montoya x you know they would do karaoke in different places and they were there's a bar called Maddie's place in des moines and it was uh montoya x and uh mick mayhem's 21st birthday party so mick mayhem montoya x and aj smooth came up from fairfield to des moines and travis and it's and i went down to the Party. I met Caroline, my wife of 15 years, and so yeah. So that's really cool to think like, hey, it's that. That's probably the most lasting. You know, that's kind of the the neat legacy of it is, you know, because of this crazy, silly thing that my parents probably thought I was going to grow out of when I was 12, and now they're in their 70s taking tickets for me. <laughs>
2: and
1: then, you know, that <laughs> like this has blossomed into this. Thing you know, that, that's it's a lot of real world implications. You know, James Jeffries and Miss Frankie J are going to get you know married this year. I mean, there's so oh, many cool, congrats things. And yeah, yeah, I've come out of that. So I mean, I oh, that's another you know, thing. It's I not g- long.
0: I got to give a shout out. I saw Frankie J wrestle a man last time I wrestled and or last time I went to a wrestling show, and that was that was awesome. Where was that? At? Was that
1: was that in Des Moines?
0: That was in Algona. Yeah, yeah. She came oh, out and put yeah, out, she put out say. an open challenge and, and wrestled a yes. man.
1: Wrestled by uh, Max Chill.
0: Yes, yep. yes, that is yeah. correct.
1: Max Chill.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's uh... ah. God, God, I, I have, and that's the other thing. I just think like I haven't been to as many wrestling shows as I have been in the past, but I love going to live wrestling shows so much. I don't know why. It's just it's so enjoyable to me to see these people out there. Uh, performing and, and doing what they're doing and and the, it's so much better than like if if I had never seen it and somebody was like go to an indie wrestling show I'd be like meh I don't know but like having gone to one and, and realizing how much I enjoyed it and I still enjoy every show I go to it's it's awesome.
1: Okay, so I have a question for you. Go for it. As a person that's been to every to, to a lot of shows, mm-hmm. and I'll give you my opinion, but like. Guardrails or no guardrails for indie wrestling?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, The the guardrails make it look professional, but a lot of times they're hokey. So, like, if somebody tries to use the guardrails, it doesn't work very well. So, I, I I tend to not like guardrails, honestly.
1: Yeah, like for me, I mean, on the guardrail side of things, I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, especially like at the Hall of Fame show where it's. You know, I, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy and there's a lot of people there and, you know, obviously things can get out of control. But it's like, to me, the guardrails were always the one thing that kind of separated it from the WWE. I mean, WWE's production is going to be higher, the wrestlers are going to be, you know, better and, you know, all this stuff, you're not going to the WWE. But that was the one thing I always thought was, hey, the accessibility, mm-hmm. the thought that a guy – because we can control it, we can make sure this doesn't happen. But you're sitting in the front two, first two or three rows, and the thought that a guy could just fly out of the ring into your lap at any time—time—which does happen—kind of creates a little bit of a <clears throat> Yeah, which yeah, which can happen. Yeah. But um, I just yeah, it's always I was always been a pretty big opponent of the of the guardrails, just like you said, because they're not really utilized. I mean, if you're using them as a prop, great. But then you have to get pretty dang good – you have to have a pretty good setup there. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you're just using them as a barrier to keep the crowd away, I'm like, man, why are you taking that one thing away from the crowd? That,
0: yeah. yeah. You know, all, of, all I You don't need to take – you can have them right there. All I can think of is like – I'm just imagining playing a punk rock show at a venue and putting barricades between me and the crowd. <laughs> like – it, doesn't make, yeah, right? it, it doesn't make sense you're removing all the intimacy you're removing a lot of it i mean like i said though it does look really professional it really does it does but there's... and i'm a big
1: and i'm a big part of that I, I i mean i do believe in that i want to look professional i want that production level but boy to me it's at that cost of you know like Sid, like said it would look professional at your punk rock shows too like yeah, you're putting you putting guardrails up at vaudeville muse I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just I I don't get it, you know. But yeah, I, I think part of that I, I went to these old AWA shows. I was just remember, remember reminded of this because as Eric Bischoff, I I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, I was listening to his 83 weeks. He was talking about. The first ever show he promoted was an AWA show in Mason City,
2: oh, nice.
1: I, and and I was there. Oh, cool! And I didn't I didn't know that, but he was describing it. He goes, "Oh, he goes Wahoo McDaniel and, and Manny Fernandez had this bloodbath of a match." And I remember because Mike the Wahoo, we were in the front row, and because we would get there, I, I mean. There's wrestlers and stuff. They're like, ah, oh, look at that guy. He's here three hours beforehand. I'm like, yeah, so was I. Every show was a freaking teenager. I mean, show yeah. starts at seven. I was there at four. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, I I mean a, I've, I've been a, in that boat, too. Chick. I've been in that boat even as a 20-some-year-old. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. And, and so, wahoo rolled in rolled into my friend Mike, and he was covered in blood. And he, he had his program, and it just has blood all over it.
0: Oh, cool! His
1: grandfather doctor, (laughs) so he was so cool. But my friend's grandma who took us to the show, and his grandpa was the town doctor. And she's like, "Oh my God, you can't have that blood-soaked, you know, program. Oh God, you gotta get rid of that thing. (laughs) All born diseases." Oh, still has the. blood soak program from the fact but there's guardrails we would never have <laughs> there's guardrails. Why who would have hit the guardrail and bounced into our shin and that would have been it. But instead Yeah, that's the other. DNA, in case. That's another reason I don't like guardrails. If
0: if you if you paid for front row seats and you have guardrails in front of you, you're probably going to get smacked by the guardrails eventually. You know, like, um, yeah, or your soda is going to get tipped over into your merch. You know, it's going to happen. I don't know, like, like I said, I've been to shows with and without them, but it's. I prefer no guardrails. Like I said, there's the intimacy. People can like walk through directly yeah. through the crowd and battle at the concession stands or do goofy stuff like that. Uh, you know, like I've seen people, you know, wrestle out outside out of back door and things like that before. And with guardrails, that's a lot more difficult.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I'd like to get your opinion on that. Just because, hey, I'm that. That's something I've never really. I always say I think of things through a fans' perspective. But that's something I was really didn't i was always kind of like hey i don't really like that and so but i certainly can be swayed, swayed if you know like i said you've been to a lot of shows from a lot of different promotions so you know there's i would certainly have been open to it but i just i've never uh, i wanted to get your opinion as somebody who's been to many many shows with with, with and without guardrails i'm sure
0: well, as dumb as it sounds, like uh, if you really wanted to put as much production value into anything as you could, like I'd put it up on the stage somewhere because, like, the attention that's garnished when they walk up the ramp or back down the ramp, you know, um, that's usually like the biggest portion of it. So, like, gar- I've seen, I've been to shows that had guardrails down the rampway and nothing around the ringside. Just to like separate them coming down the ring and it kind of makes the wrestlers be like, I'm here and you're there and then I'm going to be up there and you're going to be down here, you know? So it kind of makes this, makes this a little bit of separation, but, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, like, uh, Wrestle Palooza was a good one of that where like the stage was set up very well and high produced, but then like when you get down to ringside level, there was, uh, at the first handful of them, at least there was no guardrails down at ringside, so... Um, you know, you still maintained intimacy, but up at the, up at the top end of the stage, it looked high, you know, like high production value type thing or whatever. Yeah.
1: And this, and and I've always think like having a, I don't know how how long, I mean, there's nobody ever is going to listen to this part of the podcast. They've tuned me out, Peter, (laughs) an hour ago.
0: Oh, I doubt it. And
1: we can say. Now is secret time. You can tell me anything. Nobody's made it this far in. They're all like, <laughs> eh, I, don't, I don't like you or Troy talk that much. I'm out.
0: Well, yeah, so. I don't, grill me with another question if you got another one. Heck, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm all about it. I've been to Let's a lot of shows. I- and I've, I've tried my best to keep my opinion close to my chest because I just really, like when I went to pro wrestling shows, I liked them. And the worst part and is also the best part about most pro wrestling fans is that they're very opinionated. Um, and sometimes right. it's hard to argue with the opinion. So I just usually kept a lot of my opinions close to my, my chest for the most part. But yeah, I mean, like now that I'm not in the scene as much as possible, you know, as much as I used to be, I'd, I'd be more than happy to, to let a couple of opinions fly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So who were, who were guys, not because they were bad wrestlers or anything like that, not, not to speak negatively of who are the guys you just, didn't enjoy for whatever reason or you did. Oh, that's probably an unfair question because I wouldn't want to answer that. But how about guys you really do want to see lose? Like, Oh gosh. you wanted to, you know, you talked like big picture a little bit, but I mean, guys were even in your twenties and thirties, you on the indie level, you did want to see get beat. You know, I mean, for me, I mean, that's been like midnight Guthrie as a kind of a fan.
0: Uh, as, I kind
1: of want to see that guy get his ass kicked.
0: As of recently, yeah, Captain Midnight has been, like, yeah. I, I really, in, I've spent time around him in person. I enjoy him as a person, but, like, as a wrestling persona, I want to see him get the crap stomped out of him. <laughs> you know? Like yeah, right. he, yeah. just, he just I mean, bothers me. Notable,
1: yeah, right. I mean, are there other notable people like that? Like, maybe not IPW people, but just, you know,
0: i will have to say Getting when when you first said that like the first person that came to mind that like was one of the first wrestlers i was like oh my god i hate this guy and it was all based on like just his persona in the ring and how he carried himself and it was mark sterling for some reason he was uh oh, yeah. he was wrestling as a as a heel as a bad guy for a while and it was just like i mean you just like you just mean mug him and shake your fists at him like god dang, i just want this guy to lose all the time you know and I mean, that was, that was one that he was, he was really good at that, at doing that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, he was a Kansas city area wrestler for the most part, you know, uh, he was easily one of the, like the best heels that I saw. Um, you know, like, uh, (laughs) The first person obviously that came to mind um, after this is going to have to be AJ Smooth when he came to Humboldt. That was one where it was just like, dude, get this guy out of here. You know, get him out of my town. I don't want him in my town anymore. You know, <laughs> and, but it's it, it's it's crazy because some of those guys, like I said, you can see from week to week. Um, I, I've seen I've seen Adam Pierce wrestle a few times, and he was he got a little bit. You know, he wrestled around the world eventually, but uh, I, I saw him, and it was you know he was one of those guys where it's like, dude, this guy is an absolute. Like just the meanest mean guy you've ever seen in your life, and you don't want him to win. Granted, he's like very respectable and nice and in, in real life, but at the same rate, like his wrestling persona was just like God. I hate this guy. I know he he took us. He gave me a uh, a tour
1: of the performance center, the WWE performance center, mm-hmm. uh, last August, and I was like, Cool. Yeah, yeah it was. It was freaking super awesome, and he was just like. The most well-spoken, you know, he's just a humble, he's very intelligent, he's he's uh, just very polite and appreciative of everything he's got. Yes. And I'm like, God, you are such a dickhead when you're out there wrestling. Yeah, you know, Exactly. You're, I mean, you know, it's like, I get it more than, you know, I get it as much as anybody on the world should get it. But still, I kind of thought like, eh, that guy's probably a dick in real life, too.
0: You know, like I, I initially you know, saw, yeah. thought the same thing, but once you meet him, you realize, he looks you in the eye while he shakes your hand and listens to what you said to him and and replies to it. He's not just one of those guys. that's like, here's your autograph, kid. Get the hell out of here. You know?
1: Yeah, he's you know, yeah, he's he's definitely he's definitely a guy that that appreciates it, and gets it. You know, and and uh, and. and and knows why he's being paid to be on a show. I mean, that's something for me. Some promoters, and and it's not wrong at all. I'm not making anybody, you know, feel bad about the way they're doing things or good about the way they're doing things. But some promoters are like when they book name talent or a guy like Colt Cabana or Adam Pierce, it's like, you know, they're, they're kind of, They think they're going to become best friends. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's kind of this, hey, come in early. We'll go out to eat and all that. I I just despise. I I, I get super uncomfortable doing that. It's not because I don't want to do it. It's just because, hey, I don't want to like, I don't know. I just don't want things to get weird. I just want to be professional. I just want, you know, Bob Holly is a guy that is just great. He comes in. He he wants the match to be great. He he cares about the match. He's not out there just hocking merch up until the time he wrestles. Mm -hmm. We are not going to be best friends. He's not sending me birthday wishes on Facebook. (laughs) I'm going to call him up. I'm going to give him a date. He's going to say he can do it. I'm going to say, can you do it for this much? And he is going to say yes or no. He's going to come in whenever the time we tell him to come in. He's gonna do his job. He's gonna do it as well and put as much effort in as possible. He's gonna get his pay, he's gonna leave. And that's great. And that's you know, those are the guys that's that's kinda what I want. And that's kinda Adam Pierce and he was kinda I think he he made a living on being that guy. Being, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey You know, I'm just a real person. I'm just coming in. I'm going to do a job. I'm going to be professional. I care about this. I understand where my bread's buttered. I'm going to appreciate every fan that comes to support this, and hopefully, you know, they bring me back. You know, being a career pro wrestler, I mean, that's
0: a oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine that. That'd be a tough road to hoe, man. I mean, it is to go to every single town and and just keep winning people over. Like, yeah, there's nothing easy about any of that.
1: Yeah, just to get, you know, just, yeah, to get paid, you know, just have 25, 30 different people you have to work for to make your living. Oh, my, you know, you oh my to, God.
0: Oh, my God. You know, it's like, I
1: mean, you know, that's the, that's, uh, uh, that's Cole Cabana. Like, we just had him in Des Moines, you know, a couple, a few months ago. and
0: Yeah. Um, you know,
1: now he's with AEW, and he was, and he had signed that deal then, and, you know, he was, uh, you, you can tell, he's freaking excited to just, hey, he likes doing these indie wrestling shows, but man, to have some stability
0: oh, yeah, at his no age, kidding.
1: you know, I mean, that's that's what he wants. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it, that's great, but yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, he he's done very well in the indie wrestling circuit, and, and uh, I mean, very well, but to know every week he's got a paycheck coming in, and he doesn't have to freaking, you know travel and worry about all his own stuff that's probably gotta be a relief
0: but yeah well, let me ask you a question here what who who is the person that you booked for a show that you were just like holy crap i can't believe i booked this guy and then he shows up to the show and he, and he does all the stuff he's supposed to do obviously but who was the guy that you were like i can't believe this guy booked for this show
2: gosh
1: um, I almost need to eliminate the All-of-Fame show because it's like a 50-way tie then. <laughs> I, mean, I still got to think about it. Um, you know... Um, yeah, just... I mean, like, I, I, probably the most memorable... Just the guy... It kind of goes back to Duggan in, in 2012 where it's just like, hey, that guy had been on WrestleManias and been still showing up on Raw. And he's yeah. at this freaking fairground in West Union, Iowa, and he's freaking he's getting dressed underneath the grandstand, and a kid falls through the grandstand. Not like, falls through a crack in the grandstand. The boards gave way. They broke. Kid just lands right next to Duggan, just underneath these grandstands where our dressing room was. Oh my god. And Duggan just says, "Hey brother, uh, can I change in your car?"
2: <laughs> I said, "Sure." <laughs> you
1: know, and I'm like, "Here's this freaking WWE guy, like this bigger than life, a guy who watched your WrestleMania three, the guy who won the first Raw Rumble." He's yeah, just here in the Flash, just hanging out. It just blew my mind. You know, it still blows my mind to think about it. You know, and so that's probably one that like. Was, I was like, you know, wow. And then for the Hall of Fame, these guys I was not that excited about. Ricochet and Sammy Callahan. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, I mean, I knew they could do crazy stuff. I knew Ricochet could do crazy stuff. I'd never seen either of them live. And I don't know if you watched that, if you saw that match or not. Yep. But, I mean, it was... I mean, I know the finish, and I'm like, "Please don't tap! Please don't tap!" You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, I mean, that match was, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was great. It, it's kind of, kind of changed. It, it kind of has made me, you know, you talk about moments that, of, you know, hey, you book these guys or these guys. Once we had that match, I'm like, man, that's where guys like Clay Cooper and Nathan Edwards and Regal Twins and the and the and. Uh, the crazy, uh, the hooligans. Yeah. You know, that can do these ridiculously athletic things. They're just not even athletic all the time, but just put together this match where it's like people were marking out guys I knew. I'm looking around the crowd and I'm like, seeing people that I've been to shows with for 35 years from when we were kids and they're screaming at the top of their lungs for Ricochet not to tap or, you know, just, it was like, Man, I mean that was you know, that was that was pretty damn great. And then, really, probably my favorite—you know—and this is off that question, but then, you know, hey, we ended up having James Jeffries winning the belt with managed by JJ Dillon inside a steel cage against Justin Deeson. You know, maybe one of my all-time favorite moments. And so, well, yeah, Ricochet, save Count, hand where 2 guys were that were just like above and beyond what I thought. But as far as guys that I didn't think, you know, I would ever have on you know show or or book, I, you know, Jim Ross is another guy though. Jim Ross and Jerry Briscoe just being in conversations as part of the, you know, the hall of fame selection committee and, and being able to, you know, pick their brain or that's just, I mean, I'm, I'm a, yeah, it's crazy. It's it is crazy. And so you know it's those moments are ones that are like, hey, these guys are real human beings and and they are, you know, asking, you know, and they're and we're going back and forth discussing something and, and those moments again are never never lost on me. But yeah. I wish I could answer a question in less than twenty minutes, but I
0: can't. <laughs> I no, no, this is it's great. It makes my job easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a, this is like one of the coolest things is realizing that like even the people that are showing up to these Hall of Fame shows to perform or do some sort of a job for you, uh, they all love wrestling just as much as you love wrestling, just as much as the people showing up to wrestle, just as much as the people that are there to watch the wrestling. I mean, it's everybody's there because they love wrestling, and I didn't I didn't realize when I got into wrestling that there was such a community involved. Like all you all you people really like really enjoy you know not just. The thing of wrestling, but enjoy. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've sat outside of shows, like after the show ended, and talked to you know fans that I'd seen at other shows before. Where it's just like, hey, you know, what'd you think of this? And I like, can't believe this guy won. And it's like, yeah, you know, next month, you know, he'll he'll lose next month. This guy, you know, he will. You know, and like you kind of get these little storylines <laughs> that you kind of just hemhaw a little bit before and after the shows about, and it's it's pretty fun, you know. It's yeah. I I never really imagined there would be that big of a community. I never realized that everybody would care that much not just about the show that's going on but even just everyone's well-being around and outside the show you start to realize everybody follows each other on twitter and facebook and we're all friends kind of in this community and i'm sure there's people that you've met over the years that you become facebook friends with where you're like oh i haven't seen this guy in forever and look at this post he made you know and it's kind of cool to to be able to just always be you know in contact with them somehow and you you have wrestling to thank for it
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know, I was I was talking to Austin Bayless today. I was talking to him and we were going back and we we're talking to him he goes, Hey, he goes, There's this lady he was talking about these people that help him out with the show and they do all this stuff and they're just great fans and they and they're and they're kinda of beyond that. I mean they they help Austin do a lot of the stuff that other people don't want to do and just help with a lot of the day of stuff. And mm-hmm. he's telling me about the one, he goes yeah I think he was you know I think you were in her wedding and I'm like what and then I'm thinking I'm like oh yeah so it's like goes back there's this guy that used to work for me and he was dating this girl and now she's married this guy who's a wrestling fan it's just this super complicated small world that kind of all yeah it comes back to, to pro wrestling and you have all these relationships and like you said this big community and and big family, that's kind of, you know, that's something I get pretty, I get defensive of to my own detriment sometimes. But I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to talk. And like wrestling so, we're so desperate sometimes to be seen because we're so used to kind of being, you know, kind of in the corner of the mainstream that even if the attention is negative, we, we jump on it, like the Chris Benoit.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Every,
1: you know, every wrestler on the planet's doing Larry King and doing, you know, all these interviews. and uh, It made me sick. You know, it's like, hey, we don't need we don't need to we don't need to hide anything. We're not trying. I'm not saying that. But, hey, we're not talking about we're wrestling fans. Why are we we're not talking about a rodeo guy that killed his family? Yeah. We don't give a shit about that. Yeah. So why are we picking on the only thing we all love and pointing out the very worst people to do that? Let's find another sport, another activity, another, you know, form of entertainment to, to, pick on, you know, we're not, and it's not, we're not cleaning it up. We're not, that's not what we're doing. We're just trying to become a part of something bigger because we're kind of used to as wrestling world, not being super important. So Sometimes the only time wrestling gets into press is negatively, and and that kind of that yeah. kind of bothers me because there is some great things. You know, there's so, you know, yeah, there's so many great people in it and great things about it. I wish we would all at least focus on that, not not ignore the the negative, but clean that up. But we we'll celebrate the positives.
0: A yeah, bit. exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. It's uh, there's some old adage where like you could do. A hundred things and you do one of them wrong and then somebody's gonna point out the one wrong thing that happened and say, Look, you screwed that up, you know. It's not it's not anybody's fault that like some bad things happen to some bad people, you know, and it's it seems like like you said, that gets keyed in on a lot in like pro wrestling where it's like Oh, so and so, this guy died, and he was a wrestler, and he he died young. And is it is it from CTE? Is it be, is it from partying too hard? You know, or is you know all wrestlers are on steroids? That was the nineteen nineties. You know, everyone was yelling about that. You know, and it's like, dude, like why oh, yeah. are you, why are you focusing on this? Like, it seemed like everybody, you know focuses on the wrong thing at the wrong times, and like that honestly like that whole wrestling steroid thing almost killed wrestling you know for a period in the 90s it, it was there was nobody liked it nobody cared about it you know and i mean raw wasn't very good and, and nitro was non-existent and it's just you know there was for a while there in the 90s like i said that stuff almost killed it the benoit thing almost killed wrestling for a while Uh, It's, it's, yeah.
1: And and part of that was because the ability of the the, kind of the wrestlers just jumping on the bandwagon. Hey, I I can be on national TV now talking about something, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I had, uh, we had Brian Christopher, we, we did a show, um, it was with uh, Aberkishi. and it was this territory league wrestling.
0: Oh yeah, um, by Reno, and That was yeah. that was in a, uh, of, Iowa, Iowa City, maybe.
1: Yeah, Iowa City, and we worked. I mean, that's a whole other podcast, Peter. We'll just do. <laughs> All right, we'll do a two-hour podcast on the on the uh, weekend or the week and the months and months leading up to it. It was a lot. A <laughs> lot went into it, but anyway, um, Brian Christopher. Came in and he stayed at my house on like the Wednesday
0: beforehand,
1: and that was the Wednesday after Jerry Lawler had had a heart attack.
0: Oh wow! And and for people that don't know, that's so, that's his son. Yes, yes. So yes. Jer- Jerry, the King Lawler's I, son. I, but yeah,
1: I, I've been trying to get some radio interviews going on with different local radio people, and they're kind of like, eh, ah, yeah. you know, trying to. Help get to this event some press, and then I get like three calls. They all want to talk to Brian now about his dad having a heart attack. You know, oh yeah, of like, course. You know he doesn't want to talk about that. I like, go, well, he doesn't want to talk about his dad having a heart attack. So he'd love to be on your show, though. No, you know. And so we didn't do the interviews. You know, I mean, like, it was kind of a, and, and that's where it's just like, yeah, I don't want to be a part of. You know, I, we're, we're I get it. If you guys, if it's not big enough deal for you just to talk about him being in town wrestling,
0: yeah, exactly. But it's not you yeah. guys want to breed some negativity and spread it around, and that's yeah, that's so wanna, unfortunate. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's not what we want to be a part of. That's not what Brian wanted to be a part. of. Brian's like, hey, I'm wrestling in Iowa City. It's going to be fun. Come out and check it out. Mm-hmm. He does He's not there to want to talk about the circumstances surrounding his dad's heart attack two days previous. You know, it's yeah. just not. Yeah, you know, I mean that's just you know, but and that's kind of where I I guess my point is like, hey, just you know, we we really is a, you know we are a wrestling community, it's a family, it's a, it's something I'm proud to be a part of, and hopefully have shaped part of it in our area, and and you know, there's so many, there's a lot of great wrestling. I mean, we're talking twenty years ago, there's four or five wrestlers in the state of Iowa. Yeah, you know, yeah,
0: wrestlers I mean, at all. For,
1: Wrestlers at all, you know. Really, I mean, like you had T. S. wrestler Mister Destiny, Gage Octane, Brian Ash, Brent Fillmore, and you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's about it, you know. And then, <laughs> I mean, I you know, was like yeah, because we did our first show. We had to bring guys in from all over the place, you know. Oh wow! And you know now there's heck. I don't even know. Just either on the border or in Iowa, you have you know three X W. You have cw and rugged pro and pwp and scott county and uh magnum pro and oh yeah lwe dang. and you know the no limits wrestling over in sioux city and you know I mean, <laughs> like you have 10 promotions you, yeah, to you have, have more yeah so so. you
0: got more promotions than you used to have wrestlers <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: so it is great that this community it is a community and yeah hey we don't all like each other and you know but you know, it's every family's like that. We don't have to like each other, but I ho- hopefully, I think we're going to start, at least in Iowa, and that's all I can really speak to. I feel like it's as healthy as it's ever been as far as everybody. I don't feel like anybody's trying to, you know, like root against somebody else. Or at least yeah. I'm not. You know, everybody I talk to, which I talk to more promoters now, than I've ever talked to you know I mean partly because there's more of them but I mean
2: mm-hmm.
1: I talked to most of them relatively regularly yeah. and there's you know you know it's, it's a nobody's hey I hope you fail next Saturday yeah exactly know? yeah <laughs> it's all it's just so positive I mean I remember you know years ago like hey 3xw and us we hated each other we just we didn't make any sense yeah we both say that now you know I mean I, I talked to Corey McDowell the other day. I mean, she wasn't really involved and we were hating each other, but certainly, you know, I mean, it was just silly, you know, it was just, uh but it wasn't silly at the time. I and mean, I was much very much a part of it. I was mad and it just meant everything. And it shouldn't, you know, now oh. it's like, God, it's so dumb.
0: Well, yeah, you know what? Actually, like, that was like while I was going to shows. Um, I mean, we can touch on that just a tiny bit, but there was a short period of time where I'd go to shows uh, in Algona for uh, IPW, and then down in Des Moines, IPW was starting to run shows down there uh, as well as like county fairs and things like that. But. 3X also ran down in Des Moines and it was it was kind of crazy cuz you'd see people wrestle for both promotions and then for a while they would only wrestle for one or the other and it was like why is this happening And you'd kind of hear you know, you put your ear to the ground and figure out like oh these guys don't really they're not getting along right now for some reason you know and it was it was bad yeah. and it was bad and good like the good part about it was like I now I had to go to both promotions to see the wrestlers that I wanted to see but like you know no, that was that was like the good, but the bad part was was that it it created like a little bit of turmoil on the inside that obviously kind of shone through a little bit in the product if you went to both products.
1: Sure, absolutely, and you know, and I think now, even now, like with Three X Wrestling and Des Moines, I mean, the only thing, and, and we and we could communicate better. Um, you know, but I mean, the only thing I, I don't care if every one of our wrestlers wrestles for 3XW. I mean, I, I use 3XW as an example because they're, they ran, you know, eight blocks away. You know, so yep. I mean, it's going to be an overlap. You know, Rugged Pro's 40 miles away and, you know, CDW's 60 miles away. Mm-hmm. We don't have a big overlap in our fan base. I mean, there's sure, there's 10, 20 people that are going to make the trip, but that's not, that's not what's going to make a difference, you know? Yeah. And so like with 3XW specifically though, my, I guess my only thing is, Hey, if we're, we, need, we owe it to the fans that if we're using the same talent to try to be consistent in whether or not they're heels or baby faces, you know, that's, yeah. that's not the only thing I care about. If our guys go over there and they lose or, you know, whatever, that's fine. But if they're pushing somebody as a face, <laughs> And doing a big baby face run, and I booked that person in a one off, and have them be a the worst heel in the world. Yeah, the pe- that's kind of screwing those guys over.
0: Yeah, I I totally follow because you know? that harkens back to like the territory days, uh, back when people would right. actually travel a whole territory, and it's like. Dude, I'm a bad guy. You know why? Because I I work out of this one town, and I'm on TV in this one town, and and they know me as a bad guy. So I got to be a bad guy when I show up here. Because on the off chance anyone's ever seen any of my work, they know I'm a bad guy. You know and that, right. I mean, and, and, you
1: know and, and yeah. So that's that's about the only thing I you know at this point. But I mean, there's certainly a time. I mean, I remember this was kind of a turning point. Gosh, now nobody's listening. I could say anything. I could say. <laughs> now everybody's long gone, but um <laughs> yeah, I you know I remember I don't know maybe it was 2000, let's say nine, and Steve Bealy, who was one of the owners of 3xw at the time were yelling at each other, and I don't I don't want to know what I was saying. I'm sure he doesn't want to know what he was saying, but I mean it was whatever vile thing came to my mind, and you know I hung up and I was so mad. And, and my wife just said, it. Caroline's like, hey, if you want to do this pro wrestling thing and you want to devote all of our weekends to it, that's fine. You know, if you want to spend every night talking pro wrestling and doing that, and putting this together because you love it, that's fine. You know, if you want to use our money and, it's, you know, if we lose money on the shows and, you know, that's fine. But if you're going to do all that and you're not going to have fun. You have to quit right now. Ooh, I like that. You know, and I, I mean, that made, that really, that changed my life. I mean, it was like, I called back Steve Bealy and he was still mad and I understood why he was mad. I mean, I don't now, but I'm sure I did then. And I said, hey, I'm not, I'm not fighting with you. I'm just not. You're, you're fighting, you're fighting with yourself. I can't do it. You know, I just, I mean, we don't have to like each other. We don't have to, you know, go to each other's birthday parties. I mean, I've, I've talked to Steve, you know, not many times, but a couple of times. he's out of wrestling now. But I mean, uh-huh. we're fine, and you know, whatever. But just at that point, it, all of it kind of changed for me. Then, you know, a little like that was all like, "Hey, I just have to focus on the positive." And,
2: yeah,
1: you know. And then that's kind of right around the time we got involved with in the Hall of Fame, and really things started clicking. And I, I kind of credit all that to. Not focusing on the negative, which I think is so easy to do in anything. Wrestling's not special, you know. Uh, yeah, there's you know bad people in everything. There's bad people, and you know, yeah, I you know we're not, but I think we have more way more good people than bad. So
0: yeah, I mean, me too with the wrestling world. I was talking about that when I talked to to Todd a handful of episodes back, uh, the promoter for Three X's. The amount of good people I weigh I've uh, met outweigh the bad, you know. Twenty, forty, fifty to one easily in the in the pro wrestling community. I never I never met too many people that were really, you know, so in it for themselves that they were you know a hindrance to people around them. You know, everyone is for the most part is. It comes back to that being a good community full of people that uh, all generally really care about each other. You know, from a fan standpoint at least. Uh, that's the way I took it. Cause I, I, like, I, I don't know. I went to so many shows. I hung out with a lot of you guys and I, I enjoyed spending time with each and every one of you. I just couldn't believe that somebody had the dedication to, to wrestle in, in shows around Iowa. not only that, but to like, to promote the shows. And then to have all the people show up to the shows. It was just like, the whole thing was just kind of like, it was, it was crazy to me. And like the only way I could give back at the time was like my, my Twitter account, which was kind of a fun little account that, you know, I, I, tweet the matches out and and who won and and maybe a little bit about what happened or something and and people from all around the state that couldn't make it to other shows like oh I wanted to go to this show tonight and I couldn't make it you know and all I was trying to do is just be as positive as I could because like you said it's weird but like when something negative happens or somebody negative is around it it's sent you know tends to bleed especially me it bleeds into my life and I kind of get negative with them you know and so i try my best to you know keep it out of my life in my adult life i mean kudos to your wife though also for realizing that like you know you got you gotta have fun doing what you're doing otherwise why are you doing it
1: right i mean i never even thought about it it just made so much sense i know it sounds like a story that's anecdotal but when she said that you know, she's like, "Hey, you gotta have fun," or you know.
0: Yeah, otherwise you're, you're running a pro- you're running a promotion out of spite, and that doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, no doubt. Oh man! You know,
0: yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, just yeah. That's and that's what it felt like sometimes. I mean, it felt like, "Hey, I'm just running this show to stick, you know, stick it at Austin Bayless or Todd Countryman," and it's like. They don't give a shit, you know. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't care, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I'm sure they were doing the same thing, you know. I mean, but you know, now it's like, yeah, what, what do I care if they're running and I'm running? I mean, who cares? It's just all there's no brand recognition in this. I mean, I wish there was more, but there isn't much brand recognition. People just are coming to a wrestling show, so yeah, you know, to to really get been out of shape over. You know, this person running the show or whatever—it's kind of—it just doesn't matter. You know, you're, mm-hmm. there's plenty of people. There's half a million people in Des Moines. I mean, yeah, exactly. Trying to get 250 of them. You yeah, that's, know, that's, you know, that's kind of. I'm long gone, long, longer the past or the days where I'm like, oh, Iowa State had a home game. That's why we didn't draw. Yeah, no, yeah. because there was still there's. 50,000 people there, there's still 450,000 people in Des Moines. More than enough to fill a wrestling show.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly.
1: So, and it's not some of the wrestling promotion's fault. And really, as a wrestling fan, hey, if you're going to spend next Saturday, I mean, obviously now nobody's doing anything, but yeah, if you're going to spend a Saturday going to the Monster Trucks or Rugged Pro Wrestling, I'd rather you go see rugged pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: I mean, why am I rooting against somebody that does something I love? Like, I'm rooting. You know, it's like, hey, we can be rivals within this, but if any other you know form of entertainment, I mean, that's when we go to trade shows and we're pitching wrestling shows. We're against country music acts and motocross events and Mm -hmm. bull riding and truck wagon racing, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, and it's like. You know, hey, I'd rather have them pick a rival wrestling promotion than a chuck wagon racing. But sometimes we don't think that way. Sometimes it's like, hey, you'd rather have them pick chuck wagon racing than a rival wrestling promotion. Where if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's,
0: yeah.
1: And and I've certainly been on that side of it too. I'm not saying, you
0: know, I wasn't,
1: but certainly now I've come to realize that, hey, wrestling, like co wrestling revolver, them coming to Des Moines. And people were like, "Oh, God, is that bad?" I'm like, "It's great. They're drawing 500 people, so that means mm-hmm. you know we're we're lucky if we you know if we get to 300, we're tickled pink in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And so if I that's 200 people that don't know about us or that don't come to our shows, that's an opportunity. You know, we know. Now we know there's 500 wrestling fans in the
0: morning. <laughs> like exactly. It's,
1: it, yeah. It's not, they're creating a fan base because they're only there three, four times a year. So hopefully they're creating a need in people to want to go see wrestling. And so we can only benefit from that, you know? And
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And
1: that's, I mean, um, you know, I, I get it. If you're doing bad wrestling and, and you're presenting it poorly and you're, you know, then yeah, don't, You know, it probably does hurt us more than help us. Although, maybe I should probably uh, get rolling. But I want to. My guilty pleasure, my skeleton in the closet, is I love watching unintentionally bad wrestling.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 man. (laughs) I mean, I
1: I love it, and I know I shouldn't, and and it it goes against. It hurts wrestling, and and uh, I get it, but. Live. I mean I watched I watched a couple of shows with Mantar a few years back. Yeah. I mean, they were some of the greatest moments of my life.
2: <laughs>
1: there's and it wasn't even Mantar, it was just like kinda I mean, there's just like you know, some things were yeah. I mean, I love it, you know, and even like Buck Zumoff used to run these shows. Did you ever get to see a Buck Zumoff show?
0: Not that I know of.
1: Buck rock and roll zoom off. Nope. God. He'd run bars and he just he was an old AWA. He was a junior heavyweight champion, and he's just a carny, terrible human being, as it turns out. But he uh he would run these shows and they were just bad. It was rock and wrestling. It was midgets, women, and giants. So that's mm. what he would okay. that's what he would have. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he, Five, it'd be like five people on the show. So, like, he would he would ref the first match, ring announce the second match, wrestle in the third match. Everybody would rotate in, you know. So, it, it was just, just, they were crazy terrible. But, like, the crowd would like them. And so, it's like, who am I to judge? Yeah. I mean, people would laugh and, you know, maybe they're not liking it on, in the way it's intended to be liked. But people were leaving happy, you mm-hmm, know. Mm hmm. And I didn't, you know, and, and I certainly didn't want it to represent us, and I'm sure it did on some level. So, yeah, you know, I, I shouldn't, I wasn't going out promoting it and saying, hey, make sure you go check this out. Because it probably wasn't good for wrestling in Iowa, because that's the perception people would get that everything is. But
0: yes, yes.
1: To watch it as a fan, my guilty pleasure. Some of my greatest Moments of all time, <laughs> I, just, it was bad.
0: I had an idea when I was watching wrestling that, like, if I ever started a wrestling promotion, I would call it UPW and it would stand for unprofessional wrestling. Because, like oh. I said, I've been to a lot of shows where it's just like, dude, we got popcorn and we got soda, but it's not in a fridge, it's you know, and like, we're gonna when's the start time? <laughs> and the start time is never when it actually is. And, you know, I just thought about, like, <laughs> what are all the hokey things I've seen at a wrestling show that I could combine all into one show and just call it unprofessional wrestling? <laughs> and You know, like, uh, I don't know. I always thought that would be a fun, like, you could turn turn that into a gimmick all on its own, you know, and, and actually probably pull it off somehow, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, sure, I got yeah, that Yeah, that would, that's, <laughs> let's talk off air, I think, you know, I'll we'll have to put something
0: together dude it would be so fun Uh, that's an idea i mean i've had that idea for a long time and i've kept it under my belt and this is actually the first time i've ever like said it to anyone (laughs) so but yeah yeah. i just thought oh
1: man that's
0: great i almost thought that'd be a good one but uh, you know and that's the other thing like in the wrestling community i it's just like who's going to take this the wrong way if i say it you know when i'm going to shows all the time because i was that guy on twitter that was trying to be positive all the time and and say things like that and i didn't want anyone to take it the wrong way so i never said it but now that i know that everyone's you know now that i know that you're all humans and i've, I've known you long enough and you know i've known I mean, heck you and i have known each other almost 10 years now it's uh i know oh, it's crazy that's wild you know it's it's wild to think that too that like a wrestling is you know for 10 years we've known each other just because of pro wrestling you know and i off chance met you at a show and realized that you're a nice guy like i said you're not Friggin' daddy warbucks with a suit and a fistful of cash and smoking a cigar you know like everybody come get your envelopes you I see wish. you know
1: it's <laughs> uh, my new goal i've always i've always said i was like you know i jokingly say you know i've had 75 people tell me that was the greatest night they've ever had in their lives i, I said i've had that experience a lot I'd love to have 5,000 paying fans tell me that was the worst wrestling show they've
2: ever seen. You know,
1: I just want that experience one time. I've had 50 people tell me it was great, a lot. I'd like to have 5,000 tell me it was bad, because I bet you that's not that bad of an experience either. (laughs) Um, I'd like to experience both ends of that.
0: Yeah, man. So. Well, all you're right. All Heck, I'll tell you what, this sounds like a great spot to end it. Cause like we got that positive spot where if you're not having fun with what you're doing, then why are you doing it? And that's, that's going to be every podcast I do. I feel like there's something I can take away from every one of them. And that's the one I'm going to take away from this. That's a good one.
1: Well, I've always said a moron hates their job for more than six months.
0: Oh, that's another good one.
1: That's, that's, my, that's my axiom in life. It's like, Hey, I've hated jobs and I'm just like, what am I doing? Just quit. I can't figure it out. It's not where, you know, it's just like, you're not going to die in the street. You know, just if you don't, if if you're miserable, you know, just quit. And that's kind of how wrestling, it's like, hey, nobody gets into this by accident, like you said. I mean, it's a very purposeful endeavor. It's a lot of work. And people, like, it's a training. It's always like the money kind of is that big hurdle. And we kind of tell people, hey, that's the least of your hurdles because you're going to be dedicating 2 3 days a week for the next 16 20 weeks in training and then you're going to have to drive all over the freaking midwest and hopefully the country if you're lucky if yeah.
2: you're lucky you if get, you're get to you're lucky that. yeah you know? if you're
0: lucky you get <laughs> to leave lucky, the state you, you know yeah.
1: and and go on these road trips and for sometimes nothing and, and come out you know there's so many more sacrifices beyond that first you know 2000 to train
0: yeah that oh my if gosh if you
1: don't yeah if you don't think you're gonna love doing it you, i mean then don't do it you know i mean but i think that's kind of i think that's what that process does weed people out mm-hmm. to where
0: yeah how bad hey, you wanna you do you actually want to do it
1: yeah i mean you're you're dealing with everybody in that locker room is is a is a fan you know i mean mm-hmm. that's, it's it's great so i appreciate you doing what you do this is awesome i I can't imagine. I hope you don't edit this down because it'll be six minutes long of the six <laughs> minutes I made sense. But, um, no. I, 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 uh, the, you know, normally I'd be I'd be carnying a few shows, but obviously in our in our current state, there's not. Uh, not much to promote, but uh, well, here's the easiest way yeah, to do
0: it. If, be great. If you want to check it out, go to Facebook.com and check out Impact Pro Wrestling. You can type in Impact Pro Wrestling, and uh, you'll check it out right there. Otherwise, go Facebook.com/slash Impact Pro Wrestling. It'll take you right to the page. You guys also have Twitter. Twitter is at IPW Pro, and you even have a website. Which uh, the website is um, I don't know how up to date it is. Don't give it out. Don't right. Don't give it out. Don't give it out. All right. <laughs> no. Do you guys Do you guys have an Instagram <laughs> yeah. account?
1: um we do i th- God, i, I you, did you're making me look old
0: no it's cool I, I, d- I
1: think it's ipw pro
0: yes i did find that one it's a ipw pro and if you find the name and it says troy peterson that's that's the promotion there um yeah If i'll tell you what if you ever want i would be more than happy to help show you how to tie all that stuff together and make it super easy to run oh and man stuff. Um let's
1: do that tomorrow.
0: <laughs> do <Dude>, any anytime <laughs> that like I'll tell you what, anytime you're in uh um Algona next time, I will be more than happy to swing up there. All you have to do is have a phone and I can show you how to do it all on your phone and uh I mean, that's that's good. Yeah, man. I mean, you guys have always been one of the best as far as like making flyers that draw attention. I'm looking at a couple of them right now for some of your past shows. They're, they're amazingly professional looking flyers. You guys run a great tight ship there at IPW, whether or not you're doing it in Algona or in Des Moines or across, you know, the state with the fair shows in the summer on your little mini tours that you take to other towns, dude, I, I appreciate everything you do. You've entertained the masses for almost 20 years now
1: well thank you I want, I want to give a quick shout out to spot monkey media and christopher huffman for making those posters because you know paying this is something i never gave credit to like a graphic designer so like, i'm not gonna pay somebody just to design a poster mm-hmm. and it's the best money we've ever spent
0: yeah you know, it's just absolutely hey,
1: he is he's is a pro and he does great stuff so yeah.
0: But yeah yeah
1: thank you for having me on i hope this has been I, we didn't have a game plan and I tend to ramble, but...
0: Dude, I think it worked I'm, out great. I had a lot of fun. All right. Appreciate it, Troy. Uh, keep in touch, man. I'll uh, look forward to seeing one of your shows when uh, the whole coronavirus scare is over.
1: Uh, absolutely. May 23rd is kind of what we're hoping for, our kickback, but who knows with that. So.
0: All righty. Uh, keep 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 uh, keep us all posted on uh, the social media sites. Really appreciate everything you do, Troy. Thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, thank you, Peter. Appreciate Ab-
0: it. Absolutely. Boom! That's two hours, man. That's uh, and, and not you know what, not to toot my own horn and Troy's horn, but that was a good two hours. I had <laughs> I sit down and I talked to Troy at shows. I've talked with him before, during, and after shows. I've I've met up with him, um, at you know not even at shows. You know, I've I've he's a good guy. I really liked hanging out with him. Uh, you know, even though it was via Skype, it was still very, very you know nice to sit down and get the opportunity to pick Troy's brain about about wrestling in general you know it's always like I, you know like i said in the intro wrestling's a little bit opinionated uh, everyone kind of likes the genre that they grew up with more than anything you know and i, I get that i totally get that to an extent um i you know I, I grew up in the attitude era so i like a little bit of the chaos but you know as you as you grow up and you watch all these different wrestling you know some people like the hulk hogan era and some people you know like the modern era um because that's what's popular on tv now and we kind of just talk about uh what we prefer and 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 all sorts of good stuff in here it's it's a really fun really fun episode we we kind of went all up and down the gauntlet of talking about things from what we like about wrestling and and named a whole bunch of people that we've seen wrestle and speaking of which um i've we i don't think we ever mentioned tony sly in this episode once you know we might have i as when we were done recording i was thinking to myself i don't know if we mentioned tony sly but yeah tony sly is another one of those guys that um you go watch live and he was he was always there uh either at 3x or ipw or both you know he was he spent so much time wrestling at both of those uh tremendous wrestler another one would be like uh a ricky love i saw ricky love wrestle a lot for ipw and then 3x a handful of times and i mean there's there's so many wrestlers out there that even, even though i've came back and we mentioned uh, those two i mentioned them for the first time in this episode it, there's still tons we forgot to mention so if i forgot to mention you and you're one of the pro wrestlers and i'm listening you know you're listening to this hey i'm sorry i forgot um you know there's there's so many people out there that are working for so many companies and it's just it's crazy you know there's i didn't realize there was that many people wrestling and that many promotions when i first got into wrestling you know uh, between five and ten years ago i first started watching shows and it's it's wild man it's wild there's tons of pro wrestling out there and it, th- those live shows those indie shows are tons of fun they're intimate it's great to be able to sit down and and be able to talk to the wrestlers at intermission and maybe buy a shirt from a local guy and you know i i have so many pro wrestling shirts from indie wrestlers it's in, it's insanity um <laughs> you thought i had a lot of concert shirts you know that's uh, that's another one i've got a lot of is pro wrestling shirts of all sorts so hey you know If if you like pro wrestling, I hope you guys like this episode. If you don't like pro wrestling and you sat and listened to this whole episode, hey, thank you so much. Uh, Check out a live show sometime. I bet you will like it more than you think you will. If you like wrestling in any capacity, and even if you don't, I mean, I've taken people to wrestling shows that have zero interest in wrestling, even at all, and they still liked it. So. Go figure. It's it's, it's a live performance. It's very entertaining. And like I said, you don't have to be a pro wrestling fan to enjoy it. Uh, Just want to give a huge shout out to Troy for taking two hours out of his day to sit down and talk with me. Dude, Troy, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I also want to tell everyone, hey, check out IPW Pro uh, on all the Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all the good stuff. Uh, On Facebook, it is uh, at Impact Pro Wrestling. On Twitter, it is IPW Pro and then same thing on instagram as well so check those out um hopefully troy and i can get together and we can maybe streamline some of this stuff but i gotta be honest troy does a pretty darn good job of uh keeping his social media up to date and everything so uh hats off i mean it's a it's a daunting task i know that i slack uh a decent amount on my social media uh here at audible farm but at the same rate you know it's uh man life life gets in the way sometimes you get kind of busy but I've, i'm still doing my best to put out an episode a week and i just want to say thanks to all my guests for continually meeting with my weird schedules and i have just these odd windows of time that are are available to me to be able to do the podcast so i just want to say thanks to all my guests uh thanks this week to troy and thank you guys for listening i really appreciate it and huge shout out to couch town coffee Mm-mm, good that is some that's amazing stuff like i said i i took a little break from couch town And I don't know what I was thinking. It's easily the best coffee. Um, Hands down. Give it a shot. A local musician makes Couchtown Coffee. Roasts it right here in Iowa. Uh, It's amazing stuff. Check it out. Go to CouchtownCoffee.com or Facebook. Uh, They've got a a page there on Facebook, too. It's Couchtown Coffee. So check it out. Enjoy it. Use the code word INDIE. Save yourself 20% this week. I am Out of here. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll check you next week. Peace.